warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 192. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say? It's already been said. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, leftovers. the Leftovers. Yeah, no Frank this week, but we are joined by a special guest, first time on the podcast. Welcome, Matt Kirby. Hey, guys. How you going? We're good, man. Yeah, great. How you doing? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, you're telling me you're retired. Don't, don't bullshit me. I, I'm, yeah, I'm tired, but I'm all right. <laughs> it's some crazy it's time for you doing this right now, right? It's, it's already Sunday. We're time traveling. Oh, Sunday. Sh- I'd be at work already, probably. But, ooh, three minutes to one on a Sunday morning. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd be sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guess, like, the like the closer it got in time to, like, this commitment that you made with us, where you kind of, like, thinking to yourself, what the fuck did I just get myself into? No, not at all. I've done, fucking hell, doing the supercast with Jordan and Joe is bad enough. Oh, I know. Yeah. You guys. Four or, four or five in the morning. Yeah. Me and Brian have that feeling when we do the show at 5.30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's good to have you on. And uh, Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Yeah, first time guest. So, yeah, uh, I, I uh, went and uh, had a uh, the first annual PCL in Indianapolis, Indiana meetup last night and that was a lot of fun awesome is it good did you mark your calendar you're gonna go there next year this oh, exact time we totally no hold on you're like taking the words right out of my mouth you can ask everybody that was there after we got done taking our little group picture i said guys in one year from now we just meet here we don't talk about it we just meet here at this time and yeah. it, we probably shouldn't have brought that up. It was understood. It was understood. No, I'm letting everybody. I'm pu- I'm peeling the curtain back a little bit for everybody, <laughs> but we plan on it. We planned on it. So I'm going to be there. And we said it was going to be 10:57. So 10:57 p.m. on July, June That's 30th. A- we're going to meet there again. 
All right, yeah, maybe next, I'll try to join next time. That sounds great. And no, I met, I got to meet up with, uh, John Hoxby and Liz again, and then, uh, met, uh, Rod Clairbout and Christopher Stable for the first time. So that was really cool. Nice, nice. They were cool fans. They weren't like awkward fans. No, they were totally cool. Totally cool. Rod, Rod, it was really awesome meeting Rod. Rod was a really cool guy. It's, I don't know, it's really cool seeing like him come around and like be able to be a part of this community that we have and, uh, you know, be able to open up about all this shit that he likes. And then Chris was fucking hilarious and I uh, started talking oh, yeah. about, yeah, Chris was a fucking, he was a funny guy and he started talking about how he was excited for when Spider-Man 3 came out because Topher Grace was playing Venom and he kind of looks like Topher Grace and I totally see it. And then he was just like, ah, and then that movie came out and he ruined the character. <laughs> and so it was, it was actually pretty hilarious. So <laughs> that's cool. That sounds awesome. Did you guys do some drinking? Yeah. You know, I had a, I had a, I think I had a couple beers. I had to get driving. So I, I drank a couple beer, beers early in the night and then, uh, you know, then I had to drive home. So. There you go. That's awesome. That's cool. You got to meet some listeners. Yeah. It was nice. We met at the, uh, what was it? Uh, Indianapolis uh, City Center Mall. This thing was fucking complicated. Jeez. Like, you can get lost in that thing. Did you hear about that guy in the other country that got lost in a mall? For like a... No. He got lost in a mall for like a fucking year. Oh, that's funny. That'd be a great movie. (laughs) He couldn't speak the language there. It was kind of... Yeah, it was like that Tom Hanks movie where he's like stuck in the airport, you know? Of the terminal. Terminal. Yeah, the terminal. That was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. It was a great movie. That's a Spielberg flick, too. Isn't it weird? Tom Hanks is getting, like, these roles where it's like, old guy does something courageous based on a true story. Let's cast Tom Hanks. Yeah, you you made that description, and I was like, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, Captain (laughs) Phillips, Sully, I mean. Castaway's kind of that formula. True. I, well, yeah, not based on a true story, but it's it's one of those things where I'm just waiting for, like, the next uh, older guy to do something heroic. And, and, and then who's it, it going to be? I, oh, who's that person going to be? Yeah. Oh, I, I I don't know. I'm not a predict fortune. the future. Damn it. Yeah. Jeez. I'm not a fortune. <laughs> t- I fucked this episode already, right? Yeah, this episode's the worst. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Oh. We got mad on. It's time to talk about Funkos now, right? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Are you one of the, Are you one of these Funko people too? Yeah. Are you? All right. Yeah. Sorry. No, they're showing us the Ewok three pack. That's going to be a Walmart exclusive that I'm going to have to punch someone over. <laughs> as long so. as you film that, it'll be funny. Yeah, that'll be funny. I wish I could punch someone over it. I wish they'd tell me what time and place to be. See, we, we don't get the exclusive over here at all. Very rarely. Not like you get over there with the Walmarts and the Walgreens and all that sort of shit. Yeah, sometimes I see the Walmart ones. If I see them, I'll, I'll hook you up, Matt. Yeah, awesome, dude. That'd be cool. Yeah, that, was a, that was a fun behind-the-scenes conversation between two fucking Funko dorks. Oh, the Ewoks look great, too. It's like the <laughs> peripheral Ewoks, too. It's, it's uh, Chief Chirpa and Low Gray and, uh, oh, I forget the third. They should, oh, I can't they, remember they, the name. They should have the George Lucas edition where they blink. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I would love a blinking Funko. I wouldn't. I'd burn it. <laughs> I, their eyes, honestly, are too big. I don't think the lens, like, their eyelids would make it all the way down. Those, those things are fucking just gigantic. It would just turn into, like, one big slit. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I don't know, fucking these little 
weird things with elephantitis of the fucking head looking at you. What does does slit mean something different in England? That got a pretty good laugh out of Matt. Uh, it's uh, just a, another euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the old axe wound. We are going to wait to do iTunes reviews until Frank gets back. How's that sound? Yeah. Is it because they all praise Frank? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I can't. Okay. I'm trying to remember if any of them mentioned Frank. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. Yeah, but we'll talk. We'll wait for Frank to come back. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So no iTunes reviews this week. We got them. We'll read them next week. Um, <laughs> let's see here. You guys ready to move into good pop, bad pop? Yeah, let's do it. Warp speed yeah. this episode, though. It may be bad, but at least it's fast. Oh God, it's horrible already. I feel no, I, I uh, no, every, uh, yeah. I uh, I took two energy drinks and I took an Excedrin. It's got caffeine in it, so I'm fucking flying right now. And then I got you two talking about Funko Pops, and that makes me uncomfortable. You know? uh, yeah, this week was crazy for me too. I had to work the last two days over the holiday, and then help my friend move all night last night. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm dead on my feet. <laughs> you sound like you hate podcasting. One star. I don't hate podcasting. Yeah, I love either. podcasting. Yeah, neither do I. I don't hate it either. Uh, one of the best things I've done all week. Yeah, but that doesn't ta- that doesn't take away from how terrible it is. No, no, no the quality <laughs> it's not there. No, it's like I was in Indianapolis all week, and so like even though it's like only one hour ahead, like my sleep schedule is all sorts of fucked up right now. So, um, uh, one, yeah. oh, you're one hour ahead, so you're eight oh five, huh? Yeah. So yeah. let's move on into some good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, I'm going to start off real quick uh, going over a movie I saw. Actually, two movies that I saw here really quickly. Uh, I went on Monday while I was in Indianapolis. There was a theater there. That was showing uh, another Ghibli Studios movie in the theater. Oh, that's awesome. I, you Ooh. know, and it's like I have made like this decision, like when they're playing them in the theater, that I need to see them in the theater because I'm really getting into these films. And so it's, it's, you know, it sucks waiting for them, but when you get to see them on the big screen, it's fantastic. And so I went and saw My Neighbor Totoro. And yeah, that's uh, awesome. That's one of my faves. Yeah, just to go ahead and rate it, it's, it's a, well, let me get the rating out of the way. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. It's a lot different than what I've seen with Spirited Away and with Princess Mononoke as far yeah. as like it being not an adult type animation film. You know, this is basically meant for kids, but like the message is absolutely fantastic. The animation's great and the characters are a lot of fun. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed this film and 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 after I got done watching it, I'm like, man, is this a high taste it for me? And I'm like, Brian, you're rating it against Princess Mononoke and you're rating it against Spirited Away because it didn't have those adult themes and the graphic violence. Yeah, and it's also a lot more of an earlier work of his too. Mm, okay. And I think he just hadn't completely honed his craft up to that yet. But I still think it's 
a fantastic movie. I yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I I was just thinking to myself like if I would have watched this as a kid or if I was sitting there watching this with my niece and nephew, the value that I got from the cartoon itself from the animation. And I, I thought it was great. I really I really did enjoy it and I, I I tried to look at it that way. So um I appreciate it a lot more and it's definitely something I would watch again. Oh yeah, definitely. I it, it just has really great imagination with all its characters too. I, I just love its art style. Yeah, and there's like certain have you seen this, Matt? I don't think I've seen Totoro. I know I've I've seen Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away, but I think they're the only two I've seen of his. Okay. Yeah, this House Moving Castle is awesome too. Yeah, I love that film. It's amazing. This film, you know, it kind of kept me on my toes there for a while. Like I was like, is like, you know, are they really interacting with these characters, or is or is Totoro and these other characters that these girls are interacting with are they imaginary? You know, and then his his imagination is just stellar. I mean, there's a fucking cat bus. It's like a it's that's a bus. That's made of a cat that characters get inside and the bus runs around and it's got a tail and it's a big furry cat. And it reminded me of the Cheshire cat because it would disappear and, and, um, I don't know. Oh yeah. Cat bus is a pretty legendary character. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I don't know. I thought that they would really go for like tearjerker stuff. And, um, I mean, there's emotional parts in it, man, but this is, this is just a really good movie for, for young children and the animation's good and it's got a good message. So. I give it a Tupperware. I loved it. Uh, next movie I want to talk about, I don't know if either of you have been able to go out to the theater and see it, but I saw Baby Driver. Oh, yeah, I'm jealous. I, I've just been yeah, too busy to see it, but I'm probably going to see it either Sunday or Monday. Matt? Yeah, I'm going to get get there as soon as I can Okay, um, to get check that out. Yeah, um, Baby Driver. Basically, here's the synopsis. After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail. Uh, this movie is written and directed by Edgar Wright. It stars Ansel Elgort from The Fault in Our Stars. You've also got uh, a lot of great names here in this cast. John Hamm, John, uh, Jamie Foxx, Kevin Spacey, uh, Isaac Gonzalez, Lily James, John Bernthal. Um, this guys, I'm not exaggerating and I don't know how you both are going to feel about this, but number one, let me say, I love Edgar Wright. Uh, he, I think he's a brilliant director. I absolutely love Scott Pilgrim. I love, you know, uh, all of his other films that he's done. There's really nothing that he's done that I really haven't enjoyed. And, um, this here is the best movie I've seen all year. I'm going to throw it out there right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm yeah. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I'm a big Edgar Wright fan too, and it, he kind of um, started off kind of slow for me. I wasn't the biggest fan of the zombie flick. I, it's, I'm drawing a blank. Shaun of the called. Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, but everything besides that to me has just gotten better and better and better that he's done. So I, I really love his stuff. I can't wait to see this. Um, I saw everyone gushing about the soundtrack, and so I couldn't help myself and looked at it on Spotify, and that just made me even more excited. So oh, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that you say it's that good. It's no, it, it it's absolutely that good. I mean, this is, I, and I'm not man. And I'm, there's been some great movies that have come out this year, and and this is right now like if we were doing the Tupperwares, you know, I mean, this is getting a tuppy. I mean, so I wow, mean, for for film of the year, yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Like wow. if we did it, yeah. if we, I mean, there's plenty of time left. We've still got Star Wars stuff coming out, and but yeah. I'm telling and probably you, probably like all five movies or all ten movies that are getting nominated for Best Picture haven't even come out yet. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's but right now, if they came out like this movie. All I can tell you is that Marvel has to be kicking themselves that they did not let Edgar Wright direct Ant-Man. And I honestly think that at this time, Lucasfilm is kicking themselves that they didn't cast. And they can say whatever the fuck they want to. But I think they're kicking themselves that they did not cast Ansel Elgort as Han Solo. Um, yeah, I, this has kind of a, been a pet project for Edgar Wright, if yeah. I believe so, right? He's been having – he's had this on the burner for a long time. It's like kind of his baby. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the, the, it's interesting. I, I, I said, you know, Ansel Elgort as, as Han Solo. If you watch this film, there's a jacket that Ansel Elgort wears, and it looks like Han Solo's vest. He looks like he's dressed as Han Solo. Mm, yeah. And, yeah, with all the rumors that we're hearing about Aldrich, maybe they, maybe they should have looked at this guy. Yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was in the, he was in contention. I mean, it was it was him. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other actors that they that they had in mind, but it was definitely Ansel Elgort and Alden Ehrenreich were up, at, and Anthony and Gruber was another rumored guy. But um, the this movie is just super cool. The like like you said, Jake, the soundtrack is amazing. The characters are amazing. Uh, the each character is not shorted. Each character has their own story. Each character is interesting. That that's what makes this movie so well done. And just like getting scenes of John Hamm talking to Jamie Foxx before they go out and they do a heist is amazing. It's absolutely amazing to watch these actors work together. I mean, it feels like the dialogue in this is like Edgar Wright meets Tarantino. It's it's so super fucking cool and. Edgar Wright, he actually, he was talking to Cinema, Cinema Blend, and he said that the films that inspired this movie are Michael Mann's Heat, Reservoir Dogs, Point Break, uh, Walt, <laughs> Walter Hill's The Driver, and The Blues Brothers. And as I was, I read this after I seen the movie, and after I saw the movie, I could see all of those films in this. It was, it's heavily pulled from those. And I was thinking to myself, I thought a little bit of, uh, What's that movie? Drive with uh, um, Ryan Gosling as well. I saw a little bit of it in the, of that in there as well. So, oh man, I'm super excited with all this hype you're giving it. Yeah, there Arr. there is there are some people that are detractors that that still love the movie, but they're detractors for the end. Um, I, I've got a little bit. I've got a couple gripes with not the actual ending really but a couple i just like one gripe but it it would be spoiler territory if i went there with you guys so i'm not going to go there so maybe on a future episode we can talk about it yeah i appreciate it i will see this movie probably in the next 48 hours Mm -hmm. nice nice yeah um i'm excited yeah like i said i looked at the soundtrack it's got my favorite beck song from my favorite beck album on it uh deborah Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, I mean, and that is actually worked into the story. It's really oh, cool. That's awesome. It's really cool. It's really fucking cool. Um, Edgar Wright actually did talk about the ending of the film, guys. This is not going to spoil anything for you, so you don't need to skip ahead. I mean, this quote is just—it's very ambiguous, so don't worry about this ruining the film at all. But this is for people that have seen the movie 
and for people that haven't seen the movie, maybe this will help you with the ending. He says, I think the end scene is up for interp- uh, interpretation, and I sort of learned quickly through the, re- through the test screening process that I should let people interpret it how they want. I think it's an important thing with movies where you don't have to state your actual intention because nobody's response to it is wrong. I think that's a good thing to do. You don't want to have anybody say, no, you're wrong, you read that wrong. It's better if you have two different interpretations. So that gives nothing away for you guys. But um, no matter how you felt about the ending, no matter what you thought the ending was, you're right, according to Edgar Wright. I I feel one way about the ending, and I interpreted it one way. So other people can look at it a different way, and it really doesn't matter. So I, I But the biggest thing I want to tell people about this is to support it. It is a great movie. It's a great story with great characters. And it's stylistic, and the soundtrack's amazing, and you're smiling through more than half of the film because it's that fucking cool. It, it's one of those movies where you leave. Like, I drive a Camaro, and as soon as I left the movie, I'm wanting to get on the fucking freeway and just go <laughs> 160 miles an hour. It's, it's that, I, And after the movie ended, I'm playing the songs from the film. I'm, like, looking for them on, you know, Spotify and all this shit. So I can listen to yeah. these songs. So I can't think of a movie that's given me that kind of visceral feeling in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds that sounds amazing. I think this will do it for you. I think it'll do it for you. John Hamm's great. Jamie Foxx is fucking amazing. Uh, Kevin Spacey, one of his best performances in a long time. I don't watch House of Cards, people, so I couldn't tell you, but he's fantastic in this. John Bernthal. A little bit of a role in this, but he's very good. So I, I highly recommend this. The only la- the last thing I'll say about it is Edgar Wright. Uh, he's not known for making any sequels, to my knowledge. So please don't do it here because it was pretty much perfect. So uh, I, I don't think he will. He's not that kind of kind of director, is he? <laughs> Get more out. Yeah. So yeah. So you guys still haven't seen Spaced, have you? No, 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 no. How do I watch you that? Need- I think um, David Isaac told me it was available on Hulu, mm. but I might be wrong. If you, not, you, let me know and I'll hook you up. Nice, because you have uh, you've sent clips over on the Leftover Army page. Yeah, it it, it is. If you, it's if you like, yeah, if you like Nick Frost and, and Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, you'll love Spaced. And there's uh, so much of it is is built around our our lifestyles and stuff that we enjoy, like the geek stuff. Um, so yeah, you'd love it. So I mean, do you compare it to? Would you compare it to uh, Clerks at all? Um, no. Okay. No, I wouldn't. I'd probably compare it more to Mallrats. Ah, uh, okay. With that kind of commentary on their own lives going on a little bit, um, but it's it's really difficult to explain. You've got to kind of watch it. I mean, it, the, well, the easiest thing is if you think about it as Shaun of the Dead. The, the the relationship that um, Sean has with uh, I'm blanking on his name Nick Frost character that is taken almost directly from Spaced. So that's the relationship they have in Spaced, and then there's another flatmate and all sorts of other weird and wonderful characters. But it's uh, it, it's well worth watching. It's only two series and six episodes a series. So. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm Simon, well worth Simon Pegg's in it too, right? Yeah, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and directed and written by all three of them, I think. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, I, a whole lot. 
I'm definitely going to start that series. Okay, I need to get on that because it does look like it's like right up my alley. So yeah, you'd love it. You'd love it. Jake, what do you got, man? Uh, I finally this week got a chance to watch uh, Get Out. I didn't get a chance to get to the theater to see it. And yeah, this is the uh, Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, the written and directed by Jordan Peele. Um, kind of a sleeper hit in the theater and made a shit ton of money for you know making a movie really cheap big breakout hit for peel um and i was really even with all the hype going into this movie which sometimes can be kind of a detractor for me um i still found myself really loving this movie it was a tupperware for me uh somehow i managed to make it all this time without any spoilers whatsoever either so you know i had the fun of trying to figure out and i won't spoil it here because it's still kind of a new movie for Redbox and that kind of stuff but yeah i it was fun guessing along with the twists and turns of what was really going on. And just the social commentary in this movie was was pretty spot-on brilliant. So I, I really enjoyed this. I, it was a lot of fun. It's something that I'll definitely watch again in probably six months. Nice. Yeah, it's a really good movie. How did you watch that? Uh, iTunes had it on sale for nine ninety nine, so I just I figured, what the heck. I watched it with Michelle. It was cheaper than the price of two movie tickets, so yeah. we did it. Yeah, very cool. I, your uh, your beard's over there cutting an album, Jake. Oh, is it? My yeah. beard's not long enough to do that right now. It must be some some other shit going on. <laughs> it's all right. So yeah, uh, Tupperware for Get Out. Yeah, I loved it too, man. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I like I said, a lot of times when there's that much hype going into something, I I sit there and kind of like, oh, it's not it's not as good as that, you know? Yeah. But it was. I quickly fell out of that. Had it. This movie had an amazing soundtrack too. I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, one of those movies where like you almost forget about that beginning that beginning scene. You almost forget about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They draw you in with just the dialogue, right. and the Conversations and the characters that when everything starts happening, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, Matt. What do you got, man? Uh, so I. Uh, listen to the second Amazon or uh, Audible Originals Alien book on tape. Oh, nice! I know you spoke about the first one a couple of weeks, well, but a couple of months ago now, wasn't it, Jake? Yes. Um, which was uh, oh god, what's it called? Out um, of the shadows. Out of the shadows. So this one is the second one they've done, which is like a radio drama. Um, really great voice cast, and it's called River of Pain, and it. It basically fills in the gap, which is it, that you probably didn't even know was there between the first opening couple of scenes on Aliens, where Newt's family find the ship, and then what happens at Hadley's Hope in between then and the arrival of the Sulaco um, two months later. So it just sort of fills in what happens on the uh, on the colony. Um, uh, it's it's pretty good. It's not as good as the as um, Out of the Shadows, but it's definitely a, a, a taste it. I think maybe a high taste it. So there's no Ripley whatsoever, huh? No, Ripley is in it, but it's base. It's everything you know about Ripley already. So it's her waking up on the um, the halfway station on Earth and talking to um, the nurses and everything. It's all the stuff we've already seen of Ripley, but in between, cut in between that is all the stuff that's happening at Hadley's Hope. Okay. Um, yeah, is, I've already pretty cool. I bought it with a credit on my Audible account, but I haven't got to the second one yet. Yeah, it, 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 I probably wouldn't buy it with anything but a credit because it wasn't as good as. Or it's only four and a half hours, so it's not. 
it's not really going to fill in a massive amount of time. But it's definitely worth a listen if you're an Alien fan and you've got a spare credit to spend on it. So a low taste it? No, taste it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I haven't I haven't listened to either of these. I really need to get on it because I love alien stories. Um, so is the production value at least good? I mean, the production yeah, value the is production's, brilliant. The production's what puts it over the top. Like I haven't and listened the vo- to the one Kirby's talking about, but Out of the Shadows is amazing. The voices are great as well. I mean, the, the voice actors are brilliant. The only one I know of in it that you probably know of is Anna Frail. She's a, mm-hmm. the, the the most famous one. She's a, quite a famous British actress. Um, no one else I really knew of. But the, the the productions, you know, if you close your eyes, you can hear, you can you can see it in your mind's eye what's going on because it's really well. The sound the, the sound production is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I want to be immersed when I when I listen. Oh, to Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. They're really atmospheric. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Yeah. I'll have to check those out. Um, Let's see here. So that's a taste it. All right, cool. Yeah, taste it. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, two Netflix originals that I wanted to talk about. One, a TV series, and one, a film. I watched Glow on Netflix. I am halfway through episode seven. Have either of you started Glow? I am four episodes in. Four episodes in. Okay. I am halfway through episode seven. Uh, Matt, have you started this at all? Started and finished. Oh, holy, holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. All right, cool. Uh, so all three of us can actually have a conversation about this without spoiling the ending. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah, it starts. Uh, it stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a look at the personal and professional lives of a group of women who perform for a wrestling organization in Los Angeles. It stars Allison Brie, Betty Gilpin. And if you listen to me on American Gods After Show... You know, uh, you know her as Audrey, um, on American Gods, and you also know that I absolutely love this actress. I think she is phenomenal. Um, and then it also stars Mark Marin. And, um, what, I, I, I'm gonna start with, uh, Matt. What, what, okay, you're through the fucking show. Uh, I want you to go ahead and talk about it and rate it then. Uh, it's a Tupperware, definitely. It was such so much fun from start to finish. Great drama, great comedy, great acting. Um, there's nothing I did. Well, there's one. There's only one thing I didn't like about it, and that was um, the British actress called Kate Nash. Um, oh, the singer. Oh God, she's just terrible. I couldn't tell whether she was acting bad or it was bad acting. Was that the you know I mean? the Britannica character? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's a just, famous pop singer, and I think this is like her first gig. Well, I, I don't know whether you'd say famous. She had one big hit over here, and that was about it. And then she's been doing Kickstarters for her, her other albums. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was the only thing I didn't like about it was her. She just it was a bit difficult to watch her every time she was on screen. Jake, what do you, uh, what did you think? What do you think so far? Oh, yeah, I love it. It's an absolute Tupperware for me. Uh, I remember when this franchise existed when I was a kid. And, uh, it, oh, yeah, it's so well acted and so much fun. I love how the wrestling is just a backdrop to all the drama going on. Um, even in three episodes, too, the, the drama is so high. And they get you laughing so hard that when they ratchet up the drama, it almost makes it even worse. 
So, yeah, I love it. I think the cast is fantastic. I, I love Allison Brie. I, I love uh, Betty. What's her? How do you pronounce her last name? Gilpin? Betty, yeah, Betty Gilpin. Yeah, she's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah this, this is great. Highest of Tupperware is three episodes in. Yeah, I, uh, I'm right there with you guys. This is a, this is a Tupperware. I, was, I told Jake, I was like, oh, I'll give it one episode, and if I like it, I'll stick on it. And uh, after one episode, I was hooked, and I, I watched the second episode immediately after. And uh, today has just been about me watching basically glow all day. It's it's I've I'm hooked on this show. I've got, uh, you know, three episodes left and I can't wait to finish it. I think Mark Maron's great. Of course. I love oh, he, he is. He's so good. And then Betty Gilpin is fantastic in this. And um, I, I love the 80s feel. I love the music in it. Um, I mean, they spend like it's not just about like these women getting their wrestling personas and getting into the ring from episode one or two. I mean, they're finally getting into the ring and having like their first match by episode seven. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot of training, and it really shows you how hard some of them are working towards making this organization work. And it's it's really cool. There's and the drama is fantastic. Um, the the, the the characters of uh, Brie Larson and Betty Gilpin, their characters uh, and the history that they have is that makes just for like a really interesting story in itself. So yeah, Ru- uh, Ruth and Debbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're both great characters, and just like how they introduce the drama between those two characters is so heart wrenching. Like when they reveal it to the audience, what's going on? You're just like, oh, jeez. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> they re- they really make her a heel for for everybody, don't they? Yeah. yeah, she yeah. is the heel character throughout. The, yeah, uh, it, it the first is, it half is funny. of the series. I love the the the, the casting party <laughs> when they the the fucking drug robot. I died. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was hilarious. I was fucking died. Oh my god. Uh, was, oh yeah. We, that we, was an interesting. Said, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that when we, we said when watching it that they 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 captured the eighties better than such strange things did. I think it was, yeah. it, it was just you you could think you were watching an eighties series. The you're, wardrobe you're right. is definitely better than Stranger Things. Like they mm. really nailed the wardrobe department. Yeah, the their producer, the way he's just like all Miami Vice. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> this is perfect. This is so good, and the music's fantastic. And oh man, I I absolutely I adore this show, and I can't wait to finish it. And yeah, we're gonna get an announcement of a season two like so quickly, so quickly. I do have one prediction, Matt. Don't tell me if I'm right, but I won't. Uh, the uh, young girl that's like the punk rocker that seems to really love Mark Maron's character's uh, scripts from his other movies. Yes, that's gonna be his fucking daughter. Wow. It's got to be. She's obsessed with his movies and everything. That seems, She's trying to yeah. reach out to her father, who's never been in her life. I, I That's what I feel. Now, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, that's fine. If she really does kind of like have the hots for him, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. But um, I, I'm i getting the feeling like this is uh, like uh, you're my daddy, and that's like going to be like the final episode. That's the cliffhanger they're going to leave us on. He like, He like kicks her out of the whole thing and... Somebody doing dishes over there? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. All right. So, sorry oh, about that. Oh, makes, no, it makes for good podcasting. Makes for good podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I feel like that's going to be his daughter. 
need a break. Yeah, let's take a break. We are back. Yeah. Pardon, pardon all the noises that I make on my end this episode. I, I can't escape noise. Hold on, Jake. I let me. <laughs> all right. So we heard some uh, clinging and clanging a little earlier. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Here we go. Now you don't have to say anything like incriminating, like right now. Uh, you know that'll like uh, out you, but you can just give me yes and no answers, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, all right. For the uh, roommate chore board, was it your night to do dishes? No. Okay. Because <laughs> I was thinking it was like one of those awkward moments where – Oh, oh we, like, an ang- like an angry walkie? Yeah, yes. Oh, <laughs> an angry well, walkie. I, I've been a part of those. I've never been that guy, but I, I've – I've definitely witnessed those. All the plates are double weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's your night, Jake. It's your yeah. night, Jake. Going to make you feel bad because it's your night. Yeah, you can't enjoy TV because everything's just getting slammed around. Yeah. We've got the classic Dante, I'm not even supposed to be here today, bitching going on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely been witness to that. Yeah. To that I thought it was happening like live on the air. No, no, that wasn't ha- that wasn't happening. That, All right, that's the that's the smallest of my worries this episode, as <laughs> oh. far as background noise is concerned. Oh no! Oh no! Are we gonna hear so. fucking? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Oh man! I, I don't think you can get to that extreme. I don't know, man. Those soapy dishes can sometimes, you know, get you turned on a little bit, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. Washing dishes together is sometimes an aphrodisiac, you know? <laughs> it's just, I think it's a solo job going on now. Uh, oh, masturbation? Yeah, that's more likely. Oh, okay, so that's what we're getting at. We're going to hear some masturbation. Like, oh, you just meant solo dishes. <laughs> no, not solo I I just throw those away. Oh. When I'm done with them. Are you, oh, you're talking about, okay. Now we're talking about something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this episode, I'm telling you. That was a nice swerve, huh? Yeah, yeah, I like that. That was good shit. Little little highbrow for our uh, listeners, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll turn it I'll, I'll turn it back down. Yeah. Uh we were talking about we were talking about Glow. Really enjoy it. It's the uh highest of Tupperwares in my opinion. So definitely check it out on Netflix. It's really well done. And um man, I I don't know. I I just I, I love this series, and I'm I'm going to be sad when it ends. It's it's that good. Yeah, when you finish it, there's that documentary on Netflix about the actual organization. Yeah, okay. So that's worth checking out. Yeah, maybe for you wrestling jabronis. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fucked up. Did you watch that, Matt? 
Uh, no, not yet. We were going to watch it tonight, but then I had other stuff to get on with before I recorded with you guys. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Glow's been fantastic. So glad yeah. it was so good. Hey, uh, hey, Matt, if you feel like doing dishes during the episode, fuck it. Why not, right? I know. Uh, I know. Dishes, dishes have all been done. Dishwasher's done. Oh, all right. I didn't know. Like, if anybody has any chores they need to get done, get them out of the way. I mean, tonight's the perfect episode to do it, apparently. My floor could use a vacuum, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I you know I'm gonna do some really noisy dusting over here. So yeah, a- angry dusting. Yeah, angry dusting. <laughs> angry dusting <laughs> is dangerous to the knickknacks. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> knickknacks. Who has like? Do we have knickknacks anymore? Is that just like an old lady thing? I mean, I count all my dorbs as knickknacks, basically. Yeah. What's the difference <laughs> between a knickknack and a paddywhack? And why? Why would those three, two things constitute giving a dog a bone? I think a knickknack a knickknack is a a knickknack is a noun, and a paddywhack is a verb. For one. Okay. Okay. So so so, so you would so therefore you would paddywhack said knickknacks. Yeah, I I don't know if the knickknacks are used for the paddywhacking. All right. But. Yeah, I'm not sure. This no, this is some good observational humor that we've got going on right now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Why is it a pa- patty whack? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, this episode sucks. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Any episode where I'm doing my terrible Jerry Seinfeld impersonation, we've we've definitely taken a wrong turn. Yeah. Yeah. This is the this is the one where we jump the shark. I guess. I don't know. Oh jeez. Where's yeah. Frank? Where you need him? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we would have had at least, uh, that's what two, what, that's what she said jokes at this point, so. Yeah, he, he could have burped us out of this mess. Exactly. Um, I did want to talk about, I watched, uh, the new, um, Okja film on Netflix. Um, okay. I had Is actually, that the one that got booed? Yeah, this is the one that got booed, I think, was it at Cannes? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, so, uh. Here's the uh, synopsis from Netflix. For 10 idyllic years, young Mija has been caretaker and constant companion to Akja, a massive animal and an even bigger friend at her home in the mountains of South Korea. But that changes when a family-owned multinational conglomerate, Mirando Corporation, takes Akja for themselves and transports her to New York, where image-obsessed and self-promoting CEO Lucy Mirando has big plans for Mija's dearest friend. With no particular plan but single-minded intent, Mija sets out on a rescue mission, but her already daunting journey quickly becomes more complicated when she crosses paths with disparate groups of capitalists, demonstrators, and consumers, each battling to control the fate of Akja, while all Mija wants to do is bring her friend home. And... Uh, this movie is written and directed by Jun uh, Junho Bong. Uh, that's the same uh, writer and director from Snowpiercer with Chris Evans that came out a few years ago. And, oh, awesome! And um, this this is actually it comes from uh, Plan B Entertainment, which they have a track record of uh, quality films. Plan B they were founded back in two thousand one by Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, and Brad Gray. And then um, it, back in 2005, when Pitt and Anderson, they divorced, Gray became the CEO of uh, Paramount Pictures, and then Pitt became the sole owner of the company. And it currently holds a release deal with Paramount Pictures, along with Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox. 
and Walt Disney Pictures. Um, three of the uh, mo- three movies from Plan B Entertainment have won the Academy Award for Best Picture: The Departed, Twelve Years a Slave, and Moonlight. So this is not wow, what a track record! Exactly, that, that's what I'm trying to say here. Like this is the level that Netflix is at right now. They're getting Plan B Entertainment, which is known for great movies. Um, very renowned films. And this movie stars Tilda Swinton, who's working again with Jun Ho Bong. She worked with him in uh, Snowpiercer. We got Jake Gyllenhaal, Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead, Paul Dano from uh, Prisoners, and um, oh, I can't remember that movie he was in. He was in that movie with John Cusack about uh, the, the Beach Boy singer. Oh, I forget what that was called, too. Yeah. I haven't, still haven't even seen that yet. It's got Giancarlo Esposito, Sio Hyun-an as Mija. Uh, I just want to come out and say right now that I I loved this movie. I, I, I give it a Tupperware. I know I'm giving everything Tupperwares tonight, but this this <laughs> movie really does deserve it. It's really good. It makes you think. It's it's got a great it's got a great message. But I can understand why some people are not going to like this movie because it does it is heartbreaking. Um, uh. You know. Basically, they're wanting to take this Okja. It's they call them super pigs, and they were created in labs. And they want to basically turn it into a food supply for people. And um, once you get to know this animal and how sweet and how loving and how protective it is of this little girl, um, you actually see a scene where the where the animal like hugs her, and it's she hugs the animal like it goes, it sits back, and she hugs it, and it's it's touching. This movie will have you tearing up. It'll have you um, really impressed with the special effects that they do on the animal and how well they make the animal emote. Um, this and it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, see? it's on Netflix. It it uh, dropped on Friday, and it it's, it's one that I've we've actually talked about on the show a couple times. I think Jake, mm-hmm. you you were on for one of those episodes, and then Joe Stark was on for the other episode. I've been following this movie for a long time, so I'd really been looking forward to it, and it didn't disappoint. Um, at the end of the movie, it's like it makes you want to become a vegan, and I'm not just saying like it makes you want to become vegetarian. No, it makes you want to go full blown vegan after you watch this movie. If you love animals at all, it is that um, the message is that powerful. It's it's great. The relationship that she has with this animal that's not even a real animal. Um, is just absolutely amazing. It is, it, it's, it's, this is a great piece of, um, of film. It's, it's really good. So. Man, I'll definitely have to check that out. It yeah. sounds like one of those movies though that you don't want to really watch more than once because of the material. Yeah. The ending just destroys you. The ending destroys you. There's like, I mean, it, uh, it reminds me of like, um, the Holocaust with animals. It just, it's really, it's hard to watch at times, and I can I can understand people not liking it for that, but I can't understand people rating it badly because of that. Yeah, it, you, just because you're sensitive to, to the material right. doesn't mean you should take away from the filmmaking. Yeah, and the story itself. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my thoughts on it. So. Cool. So yeah. check out Octa. Maybe, maybe the people that are sensitive to the material aren't the people that need to see the movie anyway. You know, right. it's the people that yeah. maybe could learn something from it. Exactly. All right, you guys ready to move on into news? Let's do it. All yep. right, let's see here. News. Read all about it. It's a of news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. All 
It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right, quick news. It was announced that Jonathan Frakes is directing an episode of Star Trek Discovery, and this made me happy. Yeah, that's awesome. He's had a lot of experience in that realm. Right. Uh, he's, you know, directed a movie and just plenty of episodes since Next Generation. Yeah, so really excited about that. I think it's great news. I did want to cover it just a little bit. Um, Matt, are you a fan of Star Trek at all? I love Star Trek. Nice. Can't wait for this. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm pleased that Jonathan Frakes is doing an episode. I'm still unsure of where this series is going to go. I'm still a bit tenuous about what's what what it's going to entail but i'm looking forward to to trying out when it's i think we're getting it on netflix free which is quite nice wow they worked out a they worked out a great deal for you over there yeah so yeah we've got to watch it on the cbs all Uh, access yeah that's silly silly app you're getting but yeah so we're getting it all for free which is quite cool for for once that is cool isn't the plan uh the plans the first episode's going to be aired on CBS, though, right? Yeah, and they're going to give you your first in. hit for free. Yeah. Just like any good dealer out there. You know, it's a, it's a good business model, you know. It's started with drug dealers. Might as well just do it to people that are faithful Star Trek fans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, get some new junkies. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, we know we're getting a new Hellboy film, the new reboot, directed by Neil Marshall. And starring David Harbour of Stranger Things, uh, Marshall opened up about the project more when he spoke with the Postmortem podcast. He said, it's definitely going to be as practical as we can possibly make it. I love to do stuff in camera whenever I possibly can and use CG as the amazing tool that it is to enhance or expand upon the world, but not to use it to replace reality when you can do it for real. Um, he also addressed the rating of the film by saying this, we've been granted permission to do it R-rated, which for me is just like taking the cuffs off. It's like, okay, so now we can just make the movie we want to make. It's not like I'm going to force it to be R-rated, but if it happens to come out that way, just because of my own sensibilities, then fine, and nobody's going to stop us. So that's the main difference, and I'm sure, obviously, the success of things like Deadpool and Logan have not hurt that cause. But also, when you go back into the original material, it is kind of bloody, so I'm going to embrace that. Now, I've talked about, uh, and, and filming is expected to start this fall. I've talked about this with Frank and Joe Stark. I don't think I've talked about the Hellboy reboot with Jake, and uh, I haven't talked, definitely haven't talked to you, Matt, about it, so I want to know your thoughts. Matt, what are you thinking about a Hellboy reboot right after Guillermo del Toro tells the world, I'm not coming back to do it. They won't let me. Uh, I'm so disappointed in it. I really wanted Del Toro to do his to finish the trilogy, um, and I just don't know whether it needs a reboot. I really don't. It's a tricky one. I I can't honestly see anyone other than Ron Perlman do, being bloody Hellboy. Um, yeah, it's really hard to believe the quotes from this new director because of the circumstances too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they if he wasn't purposely making an R-rated Hellboy reboot, then why wouldn't they just give the go-ahead for the Hellboy 3 in the first place? Well, exactly. yeah, he gives it away in that quote. He says, the success, quote, the success of things like Deadpool and Logan. That's what the studio's looking at, Jake. That's what the studio's oh. looking at, Matt. Oh, I know. But I, yeah. I think... I don't think he's being sincere with the stuff he says before that either because of the stuff he says after 
Like, I think he's just trying to say that to be like, oh, I'm just, if it happens to become this gratuitous yeah. art thing, because that's what just happens yeah, to be the movie organic, I make. Yeah, yeah. If it happens organically, we'll let it, you know, we've been, so, they've said we can do it, but. I just yeah, don't I buy the sincerity of that in the least. No. I, I, like I said, the whole reason that they're doing this is because they're trying to cop off the Deadpool Logan stuff. Or yeah. they would just let Ron Perlman do his thing one more time. Well, I was, what I told Jake, uh, not Jake, uh, what I told Frank and what I told, um, Joe was that like, what if they did it? It sounds like it's going to be gritty and they're taking it. I don't know how comedic it's going to be. And that was, that's what has, I was thinking that if they did do this, if they took it kind of like the Ash versus the Evil Dead route where it's gory yet still funny, that would be an interesting take for me. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, this, this definitely could work. I, I don't think there's a 0% chance this is not going to be a good movie, but it's going to be a tough sell, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I love Del Toro and I love, I love, I, I really did enjoy both of those Hellboy films and I wanted to see Hellboy 3. I mean, you know, I signed the petition. I was retweeting the tweets on Twitter. So, yeah, you know, I was right there with you. I mean, the, the thing is, Perlman to me is the same as Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, he is that character and it's going to be very difficult to see anyone else on screen being Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, different with Hugh Jackman because he retired and hung up his claws, but we saw Perlman kind of claw at the wall at the end. And yeah. He, kinda... he wanted to do the third one. He loved yeah. doing Hellboy. And, you know, it's such a shame that, and it's funny that within a space of three or four months, we've had Del Toro say it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden we're getting a reboot. I'm kind of right there with you, Jake, that someone sold the studio this R rated, R rated Hellboy and, and they've gone with it. Whereas Del Toro just wanted to finish his trilogy. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, ridiculous. they're fast tracking this too. I mean, yeah. it's filming starting oh, this yeah. fall. Before the fad's gone, you got to hurry up and make that R-rated superhero movie from yeah. your franchise. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I am upset. I'm hoping that I'm hoping for the best, though. I mean, I, I want to see a great Hellboy. I don't want this to kill Hellboy at all. You know, I want to see, I want to see more Hellboy, um, but. Uh, you know, I, and they're really trying to push this. We've already seen fan art of what, you know, you know, David Harbour would look like as Hellboy. You know, it's, it's being posted around the, the internet now and they're really trying to push this. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, I wish we would have gotten Hellboy 3. I really do. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of a shame because I, I, honestly, I really do like the idea of David Harbour in the role, but like under the circumstances of how it all happened, it kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth about it, you know? Mm. So uh, yeah, I mean, if Del Toro had done the third and it had bombed, give it a couple of years and do a reboot, fine. But the fact that we we're never going to see that the conclusion to the trilogy. Well, I, I, may I don't know whether is there still talk of an animated yeah. third film or I don't know because that was mentioned yeah. a couple of times, wasn't it? Yeah, but Del Toro's talking about doing animated Pacific Rim, though. It's not like he's talking about. He should really be pushing for animated Hellboy, like to get that. I, I think it's that's in uh, Magnolia's court, as far as the animated stuff goes. Right? He still yeah. has the rights to that. 
probably. Yeah, I mean, Perlman's done some animated Hellboy movies. I own them on Blu-ray. So, I mean, I think he's done two of them. So. Yeah, but he did the voice, but it wasn't a Del Toro or, or thing. It was him lending his voice to another company doing Hellboy stuff, right? Yeah, I know. I know exactly. But it'd be nice if they would extend that uh, that invitation to Del Toro to do it. I mean, the guy yeah. already does want to work in animation, so. Yeah, just officially say, hey, this is a canon Hellboy 3, but do it all in animation. I mean, I like that idea. And throw it out yeah. there, even as a, like a Netflix film or something. I mean, just so people can easily digest it. If you're worried, you know, I, yeah, do it, do it for Netflix. I think it would blow up. I mean, I think it would be very popular, not just like... Okay, it's going to come out one night in the theaters, and then after that, it'll be a available video on demand for however much. Like, throw it up on Netflix to where people can just easily watch it. Yeah, I, I actually like that idea. I'm sure yeah. Perlman would do it. It's the question of whether or not you could get Del Toro to uh, contribute a script to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. This isn't uh, brand new news. It's, it's something that uh, James Cameron has talked about before. Um, and he's apparently still working on it for and guys. This is not 100% an avatar story. It just happens to deal with avatar in a small way. I'm talking about the technology of 3d films without the use of glasses. Yeah. I've read a lot about that this week too. I mean, that sounds amazing. Yes. They're talking oh, about yeah. this technology being available as soon as Avatar 2, but that isn't likely. Uh, Screen Rant said the new system has been described as pure laser in the tech community for its ability to use 60,000 lumens to provide bright images at incredibly high frame rates. The result will be, will be clearer pictures than ever before, which is always preferred, especially in 3D. The deeper details of how the technology works are not yet available, nor is it known how widely accessible glasses-free 3D would be initially, considering the amount of movie theaters that would need to swap out projectors to accommodate the new system. It could be a very slow rollout, not to mention ex an expensive one. So, um, I don't know. I, I That's what... See, that's the thing about, like, Cameron comes out with, like, Avatar, and he's using the 3D fusion cameras. He hasn't let anybody else use that technology yet. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, camera's gonna do it. That's the only way to make me give a fuck about Avatar <laughs> 2, is to tell me you've got fucking glasses-free laser 3D. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's go, go see go see it, I guess. Well, I mean, can you think about the 3D upcharge on that? Because it's oh, going Jesus. to be astronomical. Oh, no. And they're not going to have it available in every city because, like, not every theater is going to be able to afford these new projectors to give you this brighter projector, this brighter front projector. It's just not possible. Um, you're going to be having to travel to larger cities like L.A. You're going to have to go to... Chicago, New York City. These are not going to be available everywhere at first, too. Yeah, until it's a proven technology, exactly. It's going to be very limited. Well, theaters make their money off of the concessions. I mean, yeah. it's not the tickets. It's the concessions. So it's theaters are not going to be, like, chomping at the bit to buy a fucking brand-new projector when they just got, like, a brand-new DLP in there. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it also depends on, like, the Avatar thing was such a success because 
it was so easy for so many other movies to that weren't even filmed in 3D yeah. to be able to gain access to that $3 upcharge by just a simple, you know, digital process of upconverting it to the 3D. Right. Yeah. So it really set off a really terrible trend for a while there where they would just make any fucking movie 3D whether it needed to be or not. What was cool about like when Tarantino did like The Hateful Eight, he actually didn't he buy projectors so that they could he bought a few of them and gave them to theaters. That way they could be able to play it in its uh like what was it, 80 millimeter format? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Panavision or whatever it was. Yeah. So yeah, know. that was a really that was a really awesome thing for him to do. I'm excited for the technology. I don't know about you, Matt, but I'm excited for the technology. I'm just not excited about Cameron not letting anybody else use it. It'd be nice to have this for like every movie. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have the monopoly on it for as long as he can, though, isn't he? But I've, I mean, I've been a little bit disappointed with the last couple of films I've seen in 3D, so I'm not overly excited for it. Um, but I'll definitely give it a go if it's available. Yeah, what bad experience did you have in 3D recently? Uh, just, uh, Guardians 2 was a bit... It, it, the 3D was a bit... Last, or the CG looked a bit bad in 3D. Um, I haven't seen it in 2D, so I'm only going by other people's what other people have said that they, they were seamless in 2D. And Wonder Woman in 3D was a bit just just didn't do anything for me. So um, I'm probably not going to bother 3Ding it again until uh, Episode Eight. Yep, there you go. Yeah, because Episode Seven did have a really good 3D. I I never saw Episode Seven in 3D. I had only I saw Rogue One in 3D, and that was amazing. Mm, yeah, it had good stuff too. It had that yeah. couple scenes with the Star Destroyer, the Death Star, and the Star oh, yeah. Destroyers that were pretty crazy. Doctor Strange right. was fantastic in 3D. Oh, Doctor Strange was really good in 3D. It, that made the movie kind of when the going into the mouths effect in 3D. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, this next story it comes from Digital Spy via the Wall Street Journal, and it looks like there's a uh, new. Uh, there's a new kid on the old streaming block, guys. Here's the article. Facebook plans to create and distribute original TV content. Uh-oh. I- uh, I'm sure we'll yeah. be notified about it. Notified about it all the time when we don't <laughs> again want to. Again and again and again. It's in talks. Yeah. It's in talks with uh, Hollywood Studios to produce TV series for its social platform and is prepared to fork out up to $3 million per episode for premium shows. Though many would argue, that, yeah, three yeah. million per episode. Uh, many would argue Facebook has always been a broadcaster of sorts. It is now taking a direct leap in the direction of media companies, networks, and online streaming services. Facebook is said to be interested in targeting audiences aged thirteen to thirty-four specifically, with a particular focus on the seventeen to thirty range, and it's focusing on producing content within the genres of reality, melodrama, and comedy, but won't be pursuing political shows or teen dramas. Uh, Content is expected to be released episode by episode rather than in complete runs like Netflix and Amazon. So, guys... That makes sense. I am a big fan of new original content. I love it. But how much can we fucking afford... (laughs) <laughs> right yeah i i wonder if this is a kind of a push to for a paid facebook content 
in the future too. Oh, this has got to like it's got to be YouTube. What is it? Yeah. YouTube Red or whatever? Or, yes. Or YouTube yeah. TV. It, it, it can only be a matter of time, can't it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, so oof, this is scary. You'll have Facebook free, and then you'll have Facebook Stream or whatever they're going to call it. But see, the thing is, it's like I, I listen to other podcasts. I listen to the, you know, the Supercast, and I listen to Joe Vitale talking about, hey, I cut the cord, I did this, I did that, you know. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, great, yeah, you're saving money there. But like, what about that next great show that you're only going to be able to watch on Facebook streaming? You know, it's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I love new content, but they're like these. Companies are wise to people that have money to spend now because they have cut the cord and they're getting a lot of their content, a lot of their, you know, entertainment through Netflix, through Hulu, through Amazon Prime. And so they want to take your dollars that you're saving monthly now and they want to put that in their pocket. And, you know, Facebook, of course, everybody's using it, but they want to stay even more relevant. You know, and this is another way to do it with these streaming services. So it's like, but how much can we fucking afford? Like, I, I don't, you know, like <laughs> if, you know, we got the DC streaming service coming out now, you know, and I yeah. don't know what all is going to be on that. But uh, what? Hey, guess what just left? Guess what just left Netflix this month? The Batman, the 66 Batman movie. Why? Because it's it probably is going to go or has plans to go on. The DC streaming services. We're going to see some of these things that we can watch on Netflix now leave, and they're going to be on other streaming services because Netflix is coming out with more original programming. Am I making yeah, sense? they're not going to spend the money to keep a lot of these shows. Right. Is that going to interfere with uh, all the CW shows out there going straight to Netflix? Uh, not for now. Not for now. No. That deal was, I think, yeah. I, it, when that deal expires, though, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they had a great deal with uh, Hulu there for a long time. You could literally, mm. as soon as it aired, you could like go there the next day and watch like the latest episode of Supergirl, and you can't do that anymore. Yeah. No. We don't, we yeah, don't get them. Nice. We don't get them at all over here. We don't get them on Netflix, or I think we get season one and two of Arrow on Amazon Prime. That's it. Really? Um, really? So we, yeah, it's um, not good. So how how do you watch those shows over there? Um, they're on they're on our sort of premium entertainment channel okay um which i've now canceled because <laughs> i don't watch it <laughs> now it's it's because you're all you're primed and ready to get on facebook streaming that's yeah, it that'd I'm be ready, awesome. raring to go I, I want to give zuckerberg my money <laughs> fuckerberg oh my well, god they're probably gonna hire some pretty interesting big name actors with that kind of budget three million per episode you bet your ass they are they're gonna come out i think they're gonna come out swinging with something yeah, I do too. Wait until we It'll hear be, it, the announcement of M. Night Shyamalan taking over a fucking show over there. Oof, oh, I, yeah. I think they're looking at big flagship actors and actresses is probably their first big motive. Like what, you know, what star can be the face of this new product that yeah. people are going to have to tune in for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wachowskis, it seems like they're looking for something now too. <laughs> Yeah, that's, they got one last movie to make. I know they got the one last movie, but man, you know, I was, that's what I was kind of hoping for. I was kind of hoping that, like, you know, one of these other companies would step in and say, "It's crazy," because it, it felt like Netflix was the place that was sa- saving some of these shows. Like, you know, they were the first ones to bring back Arrested Development and re- resurrect that. And I was just like, "Yeah, man, you don't have to worry about losing anything good on Netflix, man." And it right now, I think Netflix is finally feeling the pinch. You know. 
Oh, I agree. I agree. It's very interesting. Yeah. So, Facebook streaming. You guys excited to pay for another service? Uh, oh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, there's some some kind of trial so I can watch whatever the thing that is good is, and then never watch it again. Oh man, I'm telling you, they're gonna come out with the next Stranger Things or something, and then we're all gonna be fucked. We're gonna have to get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. I mean, that's their goal. See, that's the thing with Netflix. People are like, oh, you know, I'll, just, I'll get Netflix for like the month. I'll watch this one particular thing and then I'll get rid of it. But then the thing is, like, Netflix has another original program that comes out like days later. Yeah, they have a slew of them. They, yeah. they almost have a new original show every Friday, basically. Yeah, we read that article like, uh, you know, a few months ago that Netflix was pushing to have at least 50% of the programming or more be original. Yeah. Not surprising. No. That's how they make way more money that way. Yeah, absolutely. So. They're paying less in licensing fees and just getting pure profit. Yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Facebook streaming will save that last man standing show. <laughs> oh, is it, is it getting canceled? It got canceled. Oh, damn. Yeah, my, my dad's upset about that. Yeah, that, that's shitty. Yeah. See, I I, I, it was I, a popular show, I thought. Yeah, I thought, I don't know. I think CMT is going to be bringing it back. <laughs> That's what I heard. They That's brought back CMT. that. Yeah, they brought back that. I didn't know that, CMT was even a thing. Oh, man. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, country music television. They brought back Nashville. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They brought back Nashville. They used to have what? I used to, I used to watch the Tom Wopat show on there. Remember, remember Tom Wopat from uh, Deuce yeah. of Hazard? Yeah. <laughs> Country music television, yeah. wowzers. Yeah, he had his own talk show on there. Oh, I, I watched it a couple times. <laughs> uh, That's all right. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, let's move on into uh, to Marvel News. Marvel news. All right, Evan Peters coming back. It's Quicksilver, X Men, Dark Phoenix. Not surprised there. Ugh. They're gonna they want to do the same scene yet again. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wait I, a minute, it is broken. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, there, Matt. Oh fuck it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we're we're the biggest fan. How did you feel about Days of Future Past? Oh, I loved Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah, it, it well, was I good. fucking hated Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. On I, I've rewatched Apocalypse since the theater, and yeah, it's pre, it's pretty awful. See, I haven't gone back and watched it. I have no Don't no do desire. Don't ever do it. <laughs> yeah, I I have no desire to go back and yeah. watch that movie. Frank gave me his digital code for it, so. I was able to check it out again for free. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's trash, man. It's absolutely trash, and it's 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 just it's insane that you could you could how can you fuck up Oscar Isaac? How is that even Apparently, possible? Brian Singer can do it quite well. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know how you do that. He's he's <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, you, what you do is you paint him blue and make him look like a Smurf. <laughs> 
<laughs> Make and him completely it. unrecognizable. Yeah. And yeah, you're there. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. They need to put this, uh, the singer versus the bed guys. I don't, they just need to put it to bed. It needs to be put down old yeller style. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's not, they're not trying to make it. that happen with the new TV show and everything. That's definitely not the goal. Oh, I know. It's part of the Singerverse. Yeah, yeah. They definitely don't want it to go away. They want to keep expanding off this. So that's crazy. Well, I mean, it's it's their it's their money that they're losing because audiences weren't impressed by the last film. It did not make as much as Days of Future Past, and it was not a box office success, in my opinion. I, I mean, it made enough to maybe break even or a little bit more. I think it was uh, a little over six hundred million, six forty, six fifty, somewhere around there. So not a bad haul for it, but it wasn't great. It wasn't like Days of Future Past numbers where they were like second behind Guardians for comic book movies in that same year. So, um, I don't know. That was a summer release, wasn't it? That was a, that was an August release, if I remember rightly. Yeah. And this one's not getting the summer release. Uh, Deadpool took that from it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Deadpool is now the flagship movie for the X-Men films. It's the flagship. Did you ever think that that would be the case? No. (laughs) I mean, after the two, after watching the two movies, I did. No, but yeah, but but before (laughs) that, hindsight is 2020. Five years ago, you'd been laughed at. Right. Oh, for sure. Because five years ago, the only taste of Deadpool that we had left in our mouths was Ryan Reynolds with his fucking (laughs) mouth sewn up, spinning around like a goddamn ballerina, looking like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah, definitely. And Wolverine teaming up with Sabretooth to right. take him down. Right. I mean, Ugh. this is. I mean, how the times have changed. The times have changed, yeah. and it, and and we are living. I, I just don't understand why Fox won't abandon this. Why they won't just. Ab- I don't understand. I, I understand you got Sophie Turner. I understand now that you've got Jennifer Lawrence, McAvoy, and Fassbender all agreeing to come back. I, I, yeah, it's great that fucking, you know, uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is coming back to collect a huge paycheck to play Mystique again. That's fantastic. Yeah, Way to go, guys. full of money. Right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's so, you know, and, uh, I, I think it's hilarious. One of the points that I've, that I've heard, uh, is that the fact of, uh, Jennifer Lawrence basically wanting to get FaceTime. And it's true. She's, half the time, she's Jennifer Lawrence in these films playing her character from the Hunger Games as Mystique in the X-Men universe, and she's not true to the character. And even in when they were on that helicopter in uh was it uh was it Days of Future Past? Yeah, when they were on or is it yes. when they were on that helicopter that was supposed to dampen their powers to where they couldn't use them. She didn't look like Mystique. She looked like Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, oh no, that so was an apocalypse. Stupid. Okay, that was an apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Just stupid decisions being made over at Fox as far as like the Singerverse is concerned. The only decision there... that you need to make is just to shoot it in the back of the head. Yeah, they're catering to the actress more than they're catering yeah, to the characters, and that's never a good thing. They've polluted her her the character so much in that. I mean Mystic's not a fucking hero, she's not a good guy. Right. She's a fucking bad guy through the through. Well, and see, the thing, the the problem here was, Matt, is like when they first (laughs) cast her, she wasn't the big actress that she is now. I mean, when they did that first, uh, that first film, um, uh, X-Men First Class, 
she hadn't done yeah. Hunger Games yet. And then Hunger Games comes out, she blows up, and it's like, oh, shit. Now we got to have yeah. her front and center on the fucking poster. Yeah, they already had her in contract. So yeah. They had to, you know, they had mm-hmm. to make the most out of it. Uh, which probably wasn't good for the creative side of things. So there you yeah. go. I mean, um, that's, it's Fox. They they definitely cater more to their actors than they do the story or the right. characters. I thought this was going to hit dishes going on back there. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it, right? It's, I, nothing I can do at this <laughs> yeah. point. Fuck it. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you got a fucking bus boy back there. Like Jake's recording in a steak and shake. I like what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I'm on the go. I might as well go to a steak and shake at this point. It'd be quieter. Jesus. Um, uh, first Avengers three trailer should arrive with Thor Ragnarok guys. According to Kevin Feige. You excited? Yeah, that is exciting. So November. Yep. Are we gonna get to, we're gonna get to see it before we see it in the theaters though, right guys? They're gonna drop it on the internet. They're gonna drop it on fucking, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. Of course they are. Oh man, wouldn't it be great if we could just see it for the first time in the theater as we're sitting in the seats? Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. And, and everyone else at home on their computers couldn't see it? Yeah. It'll yeah. get, you could, it'll get dropped at D23, won't it, surely? Oh, that's an interesting point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they're, D23 is always a little bit disappointing if you ask me, as far as like, yeah. some of the news announcements. You don't think they're going to do a big Star Wars reveal at D23 this year? I think year? they're going to be, really seems like- I think they're going to be, yeah, I think with Star Wars, we might get the announcement of the next anthology film, I'm hoping, um, but I think D23, as far as like the Marvel stuff's concerned, I think we're going like, to get a lot of Black Panther a lot of Black Panther stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so I'm excited for D23, though. Even though it always seems like there's a lot of hype for what you're going to get and you don't get much, what you usually – what you do get is usually good stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think they should just try to blow San Diego Comic-Con out of the water with their announcements because I really think they could if they wanted to. At this point, yeah, with how kind of lackluster San Diego has been the last few years. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be hard at all, especially with what we know – Disney has brewing between all their franchises they're in control oh, of. Yeah. Hey, Jake, why don't you ask the busboy back there what he thinks? <laughs> yeah, I will. Jesus Christ, this fucking episode. <laughs> Can you hear that really loud still? <laughs> A little bit of cling and clanging going on. A little bit. Oh, okay. Not bad, you know. <laughs> I mean, does, 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 does Bill Burr and Mark Marin have this problem in their podcasting? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bill Burr and Mark Marin get paid. <laughs> That's true. I know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. It's not typically a thing that you hear on podcasts. It's what makes us better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that last episode of PCL episode one ninety two where they had the fucking you know, the, the inconsiderate person doing dishes the entire time. <laughs> Great episode. Yeah. Michelle's gonna love it when she hears this. <laughs> Michelle, can it wait? (laughs) Oh, me and Michelle, we're just finally starting to get along too. So, yeah. I know, I know. Don't hate me, Michelle. No, you put those dishes away with authority. Fuck you, Brian. I'm doing dishes and you can't stop me. I'm every woman, motherfucker. But if that were the case, maybe you shouldn't be doing dishes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I think she's just trying to get make her own appearance on PCL. She's trying to steal some spotlight. <laughs> she's trying to she's trying to steal some thunder by making a fucking ruckus back there. <laughs> Oh, she may have heard me. I got the look. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you guys watch the Inhumans trailer? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Matt, you sound excited as fuck. What'd you think? Shite. <laughs> it, it looks fucking awful. It looks like a sci-fi channel special. <laughs> hey, so wow. you're, you're going to be you're gonna be lined up at the old IMAX theater to check this out, aren't you? Not a fucking chance in hell. Jake. It looked better than I thought it would look, honestly, but it it still did not look great. I would low taste this trailer. Yeah, Medusa just looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, I, I happen to. And agree I know with there, that. there were big arguments on on the army page, weren't there? About oh well, it's not finished. It's not a finished trailer. Well, stop fucking giving us unfinished trailers. <laughs> the the trailer is unfinished now too. Well, yeah, first, that's what. Uh, first, yeah. the concept pictures are unfinished, yeah. and now the trailer's unfinished. No. When the show comes out, is the show going to come out unfinished? I, I, I no, <laughs> I think their argument, their argument is unfinished because that's a finished trailer. They're 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 promoting yeah. their IMAX premiere in the trailer, guys. Yeah, that's not that's not rough concept footage we're seeing. No, there. that's that's the show. It just looked awful. You'll be seeing that trailer in the theater. What about Ramsey as Maximus? Did he sell you? Um, unfortunately not, and that was one of the things I was the most excited for, but it's just a trailer, and it was more of a voiceover than me actually getting to see the delivery. Yeah. So, that was kind of weird. Jake, are you going to be going to the theater to watch this, or are you going to be waiting for it to premiere on ABC? I will go watch it in IMAX. Really? Okay. It's, yep. sh- it's shot all in IMAX. Damn it, I was hoping you'd say ABC, because now I feel like I'm forced to go see it. And I really, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. I really am not. And I love Anson Mount, and I love the dude that plays Ramsey Bolton. And, um, you know, these characters are, you know, they, they, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. These characters are cool. I, I enjoy some of them, you know? I just, can I say, can I say one good thing about this trailer? What's that? Lockjaw looked cool, I thought. He looked like, uh, Akja in Netflix series that I just saw. <laughs> that's awesome. No, look, I mean, I thought, look, George did look pretty cool. Yeah, Lockjaw looked true to true to Page, and I thought that was really neat. Did he have the? Uh... He had a tuning fork. Did he, he have the tuning fork? I didn't see. It kind of, it was kind of a bit of a tuning fork, but it was more of a uh, a pattern on his fur in the shape of the tuning fork. Speaking of oh, forks, okay. we heard a shit ton of them clanking around in the background earlier, didn't we, guys? <laughs> had, I don't know if it was so much forks as it was plates. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, <laughs> segue back to dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what we want to talk about some more. <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, guys, Kevin Feige has uh, confirmed with Variety if Spider-Man will show up in the Venom film. He said, "No, I think the folks there are making." Did you think he said it with as much authority as I just did? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I said it like, oh my god! I was like, no, no, jeez, I, yeah, I sounded like somebody was trying to rape me in a parking lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> I will not go with you. Yeah, no means no. <laughs> jeez, oh man, I'm gonna take a woman's self defense class after this episode. Uh, oh Just shit! Get a whistle, save some money. <laughs> a rape whistle? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh man! First thing I'm gonna do is my dishes. Then I'm gonna go take. Uh, I'm gonna go buy a rape whistle. <laughs> uh, can I listen to another podcast through my other phone while we record this? Do you mind that? What? No, I'm, just, I'm joking. Where did that come from? You gotta explain that one to me. More highbrow comedy from Jake. It was. Just, I was just. What obnoxious thing can I do while we're doing this that I shouldn't be doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be another one. <laughs> You're two for two. <laughs> I was trying to think of as, as obnoxious as I could get. You yeah. know. No, I, no. I think uh, doing dishes during the podcast takes the cake. <laughs> I think we could. I, I think hey, at we, least I wasn't doing it. We can stop right there. I don't think we need to go any further. <laughs> I think I think it could get more obnoxious. I don't maybe shredding documents. I don't know. I mean, if I was doing the dishes, it would have been insane. Hey, welcome to the episode where Frank chews on glass the entire time. I don't know. I mean, I mean, here, watch. I'll walk in. I'll walk in there and start doing dishes myself. No, see the difference. Stop. Not even. <laughs> if you really think that that was as obnoxious as it could get, uh, I'm sure it could get more obnoxious. I really do. Um, I mean, we've already talked about right. Avatar to, on you, some level. You sounded unsure. I was going to have to. I thought I had to convince you. Uh, Kevin Feige was talking about if uh, Spider-Man could show up in the Venom film. He says, no, I think the folks there are making a great Venom movie, and I don't know much about it. But I know they're off to a good start with Tom Hardy. And then, uh, guys, this spins off into a lot of different news and a lot of different quotes. So we got the Venom movie here. Amy Pascal from Sony talked with fandom, and she teased the tone of the Venom film. Well, Ruben, what do we got going on there? We got somebody making tea. Did it whistle? Did it go off? Is that you, Kirby? No, so I know I know you guys over there like your fucking tea. Someone <laughs> opened the door. Oh. And now they're clomping up the stairs. Jesus Christ. I, I don't know what you want me to do. I could just not be on the episode. <laughs> no, that's not. I want you here, but you can't. You gotta know. You gotta know that I gotta point this shit out, Jake. I can't let I'm it not, slide. I'm not like these other highbrow podcasters. I don't have a studio. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, hey, Matt. Matt, are you already regretting this decision? Of not what getting decision? the studio? No, no, Matt. Are you, no, <laughs> of being on this episode. No, it's fine. <laughs> God. The worst, the worst case scenario is I can take the blame for it being that bad. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a bullet. Gosh. Uh, yeah, no, it's my fault. I'm the one destroying it this time. <laughs> Jeez. You guys act like I actually give a shit. Like, like, like the episode, like, like we had an episode where Frank pissed in a bucket and you guys are really upset. You guys really think I'm upset about somebody doing dishes on the episode? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm, if the, I'm not upset at you. I'm, I'm upset at myself. No, Jake, honestly, I don't care if the herbal essences lady starts fucking washing her hair in this episode and has an <laughs> orgasm. Okay. I don't give a shit at this point. I would stop and probably listen to that. Oh, I would stop and listen to that too. <laughs> <laughs> that would get really awkward. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Amy Pascal, she was talking with fandom, and she teased the tone of the Venom movie. She said, well, Ruben, talking about the director, is a very talented, ironic, funny guy. He did a great job with Zombieland. So when you think of that mixed with Venom, I think that tells you what it should be. Does it really, guys? I, I, I'm starting <laughs> to question everything right now. I don't understand this. Are we getting a comedic tone with Venom? This. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. This is weirdly reminding me of the Hellboy talk. 
where it's like, uh, if it happens to be become an R-rated Venom movie, you know? Yeah. What do you What are you thinking, Kirby? Is this Is this I've, weird? I've gotten so lost with all of this stuff that's come out about the Spider Verse and Venom movie and everything. I, I'm so confused about what is actually happening now. Yeah. It's um, um, um at this point, Tom Holland can appear in the in the uh, Venom movie. It's just that all the other characters besides. Tom Holland Spider-Man can't appear in MCU movies. Okay. Yeah, so they're So Yeah, um I don't know. I, I, I mean Zombieland was great if they can do something similar to that, similar I don't know whether that would work as a Venom movie though. Right. Exactly. That's that's yeah, that's the thing the, the the comedic tone of that film and then you've got Tom Hardy on top of it. What's oh, the yeah. antagonist in the Venom movie? Is it just Carnage? I mean, cuz that's the most like Stupid brain dead idea, right? That's that. That's what they've been teasing. So, you know, mm-hmm. rumors that are coming out is that it will be carnage. I think it should be like Venom versus like, I mean, have him. I, I, I mean, have Venom against the police or something. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea where to take it. So, unfortunately, it won't for the first time be Venom versus Spider Man. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what you want, ideally, isn't it? But yeah, ideally, have. that is what you want. Uh, Amy Pascal also teased this in the same interview. She said Venom is a character that is closely associated with Spidey, and there may be some day where you see them together. You never know. Ooh. I know. No shit, Amy. <laughs> uh, she also confirmed again what we talked about last episode, that the characters will be adjunct to the MCU. She said, first, there is Spider-Man happily in the place where he's supposed to be, which is in the Marvel, uh, the Marvel Universe think everything comes from that this is the signpost the tentpole the signature and the other movies that sony's going to make in their relationship to this spider-man take place in this separate sony world although you're not going to see them in the marvel universe it's in the same reality jeez so if any of those sony villains are like threatening mary jane or aunt may or something then Tom Holland Spider-Man just needs to take them to the MCU so they'll be safe where they can't be reached. Well, take Aunt May to the MCU. Have her, uh, like, live with Tony Stark for a few months. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Venom can't get her there. Right. Well, the guys, I mean, come on. Like, to be quite honest with you, uh, it does kind of, I don't know. It, Spider-Man being with Venom, okay, we're going to get that. So they are going to show up together. That's that's They're in the same universe. That's good. But it's not like these Netflix Marvel characters are showing up in the fucking same universe as the Marvel characters. And they're is owned it, they're owned by the same company. Is it just me or does it really seem like Sony is exploiting this as much as they can? And it kind of I feel like Fahey may be a little bit like questioning his decisions. No, oh, Jake, yeah. I'm I'm one hundred percent with you on this i i honestly feel like i feel like uh marvel studios is like that guy you know that owns a truck and then you ask <laughs> if he can help you move your shit and he lets you do it once and then you just fucking take advantage of that truck every week oh i know a guy with the truck <laughs> so yeah that's hilarious yeah it, it really seems like sony is really exploiting this like it's and really just like so blatantly it's almost disgusting so ugh. in I fact know. it is disgusting 
I know they're setting up. It's like they're just trying to, you know, piggyback their entire universe off of the back of Marvel. You know, they're riding Marvel's coattails. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I'm just like the Venom thing just seems like a giant mess to me. Is, it hasn't even begun yet. Do you really think that Kevin Feige sitting back here and saying, is "What do you really think as a fan, though, Jake? I don't know. It's that Kevin Feige is saying to himself, man, I I can't believe I did this for, for Spider-Man now. I mean, it's Spider-Man, though. That's the thing. I. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was it was a noble cause, a very noble cause that in many ways, I mean, I know a lot of it he did for money, but I definitely think deep down a lot of it he did do for the fans. And to see it exploited like this so Sony can make a dime off Silver Sable, make a dime off Black Cat, make a dime off Venom, it's just, it's just kind of gross. Like it, the process is, is pretty gross. He's not helping matters when I talk about this, the, the, some of the, ne- the next news that's coming out where – and I'll get into it. We're, here it is. It's uh, Amy Pascal talking about Spider-Man 2. What I think we should focus on is this Spider-Man who started in Civil War and then has his has this movie and then will be in the Avengers movie. And we are starting now the next one, which will start a few minutes after Avengers 4 wraps as a story. So Kevin Feige, he talked uh, about how – Spider-Man, the Spider-Man sequel, so Spider-Man 2, how it's going to tie into Avengers 4. He was talking to the Toronto Sun. He said this original 22 movie arc, and he's talking about the MCU, all these movies combined, 22 films by the time we get to Avengers 4 in May of 2019. He says, and then two months later, it will be Peter and Spider-Man that usher us into the aftermath and how things proceed from there. So is he... He's not really helping things when he's saying that the next film that's going to usher us into the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is actually a Spider-Man film, not an MCU film. No, not at all. Not at all. That just gives Sony more ammunition to exploit him. Mm -hmm. So, oh, that's crazy. I kind of think between now and then that'll change around that Spider-Man 2 won't be the first movie after Avengers 4. So... It's literally Jake, Jake. Avengers comes out in May of 2019. Two months later, July 5th, we're getting Spider-Man. It sounds like I think this is happening. Mm, you don't think that could get rearranged between now and then at all? Uh, I mean, you know, look at look at what's happening now. I, I don't. I, if they're talking about how this, I mean. Read me that quote again. Is yes. he saying there's going to be much pull as far as the MCU is concerned in the Listen, Spider-Man movie? Here he says, he says, this original 22 movie arc ends with the untitled Avengers in May of 2019. And then two months later, it will be Peter and Spider-Man that usher us into the aftermath and how things proceed from there. Wow, that's really interesting. So, I mean, that that seems along the lines of what they're doing with Spider-Man is trying to promote it with big-time MCU stuff. And I got a feeling big-time MCU stuff is going to happen post-Avengers 4, and that would help the Spider-Man agreement to have the first time that's featured happen in the Spider-Man movie. You know, whatever the landscape of the MCU is will first be witnessed through that character. I mean, I, I, I kind of get that. Well, yeah, I mean, this was reserved after phase one for Iron Man three. I mean, this is, you know, this is big, yeah, and, this is big stuff. And that movie, I mean, like it or lump it, Iron Man three did 
did try to address kind of the the world post Avengers, you know. Kirby, what are your thoughts on all this? I know we're just rambling. Yeah, I, I think that they're, they're trying to lay out too much. I think they're, they're they're laying out too much ahead of themselves, and rather than just again letting stuff happen organically, and you know whether they've got it planned or not, don't tell us. Let let it work, and let us rather yeah. than looking too far ahead, just. That's a, a movie point. at a time, maybe two at a time. Uh, this and, is kind of the Fahey way, though. He's he's done this the entire MCU. Like I remember, oh, yeah. when he told us way ahead of time how Winter Soldier would be the most important movie of that phase to the storyline going on in the next Avengers movie, and just that kind of information. See, know, okay, it, it's a it's yeah. a double edged sword because what either you plan ahead like Feige's doing and spill the beans on everything, or you don't plan ahead and everything is a fucking rushed mess like we've gotten in the DCEU. So I don't know, you know, I get what you're yeah, saying, Matt. It's like they're giving us way too much information. Pull back a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, quite happily, I'm, I'm happy they've planned it all, but I just want, don't want to know that far, you know, because you're, you're, we're now speculating that far in advance. Mm-hmm. But, I don't think it tells you too much. I think the only thing it tells you is that a Spider-Man survives the next Avengers movie but, I mean, you don't really know the, the landscape that they're presenting. Like, no. he's ushering in the next direction for the MCU. I mean, that's that's some pretty vague stuff. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't I, – I think there's a better hill to die on than getting your knickers in a bunch about this one. Oh, no, definitely. I agree with that. It, it's just um, – yeah, I just – I'm, I'm – whether I'm getting a bit worn out with the comic book movie scene at the moment anyway because they're just – I don't know. Strange, but jeez, we'll Brian, see. you got Brian. You got the guy worn out with comic book movies on the comic book podcast. Movie <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all right. Uh, I I don't honestly know what what's what's going to happen with this Venom Venom stuff and all all the Sony stuff. It's all a bit confusing. Um, hopefully, we'll get it streamlined a little bit. Yeah, I think the I think the biggest confusing thing is like just the Venom movie itself. Like, what the fuck's going on there? Money. Money drives everything there. Yeah. Big buckets of money. Yes. Yeah. That's a character that a lot of people really love that yeah. could really be <laughs> exploited right now with this relationship that they have with Marvel and Sony. So yeah. the time is right. Let's sign a big actor and let's make bucket loads of money. Yeah, Sony's not used to making money off of the uh, off these franchise characters. movies. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. So Yeah, I mean, you can't blame them. I mean, their eyes just turned into cash registers you know yeah i don't know i'm hoping for the best i'm i you know we could get the worst but i'm hoping for the best so yeah i mean i i'm hoping for the best too but it already sounds like it can't be the best just by description yeah but i I mean we're getting we're hearing rave reviews about this next spider-man film that's coming out so i mean i'm hoping that you know that they'll be able to to work with that yeah, but you know, MCU people had their hands dipped into that story, and sure. that's not going to be that's zero percent of the case in the Venom movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that they get uh, you know Tom Hardy. I'm hoping that he'll be able to <laughs> turn that. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it's on fire and that this thing is fucked from the get go. Like right hey, out. Hey, Tom Hardy, here's take a ride on the Titanic, and here's a Dixie cup. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- I, ah, I'm not. No, I'm not signing. I'm not signing that, man. I'm not. No, 
Good luck, guys. It's, no, it's easy. It's easy to say that it's going to be shit. It's so easy to say that. It's like I want to be optimistic because it's Tom Hardy. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, he's your guy. No, he's my guy right it's, now. No, it's easy to hate on shit. I, you know, I hate half of the people that leave us iTunes reviews. It's easy to fucking hate on shit. But I don't. I don't. I want, I don't know how I could be optimistic about the Spider-Manless Venom origin movie. I just – any way you slice it, I don't know what you want me to do. No. I mean at the end of the day, it could be good, but it's it's hard for me to make lemonade out of the lemons. I'm I get it. So I get it. We're also the same podcast that said Days of Future Past is going to suck and that movie turned out to be fantastic. So I mean yeah, – And we're the same podcast that readily admitted to that too once it happened. You know? Right, right. So. Yeah, but I just – you know. No, it's I, easier here to just imagine what's likely going to be. No, I, if we had to place our bets, I'm not putting all my money down on fucking just Tom Hardy. I mean, it's got to be a, it's got to be a fantastic story. And yes, it, it does. It makes we talked about this to death. We've beaten it like a dead horse. But I mean, we've talked. about We it to actually death. moved on from this, and now we're back to it. we're back to it. But yeah, <laughs> no, I know it's hard. It's hard to tell an origin story for venom without spider-man it's going to be interesting to see how they do this and how they work it so let's take a quick break we'll come back with uh dc news unless you guys got anything more to say go ahead the only thing i was going to say is you, you can pretty much rely that if, if it does start going the wrong way tom hardy will be off the project yes I agree. that's the only that's the only saving grace he's not going to put his name to something that he's not he's not sure is going to be a good We'll see. We'll see. Maybe Sony's giving him more money than DC was. Uh, man, I, well, yeah, of course. I mean, he's in <laughs> Maybe a, he, Sony's signing a couple independent pitchers, too, you know. He didn't have a huge role. <laughs> that that role that they gave, um, you know, his character in The Suicide Squad wasn't a big role. I mean, uh, Joel Kinnaman didn't take on a huge role in that movie. And That's true. This is definitely the starring role. This is the starring yeah. role. And, you know, we've seen big actors leave big projects. We saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt leave the Sandman movie over creative differences. So I, mm-hmm. I honestly feel like Tom Hardy would step away from this. I don't think it, I don't think it's about the money for him. I really Unlike don't. Sandman, though, this machine will keep churning along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, if Tom Hardy were to walk tomorrow, they would. This movie would still be fast tracked. Yeah, that, see, that's the thing. It's like these movies. They've only gone three deep, though. That's the most Spider-Man films we've ever gotten. Is three deep yeah. before they before they reboot. So they got to get it right this time. All right, were we breaking? Yeah, let's break. Yeah. Greetings, leftover army. Pop culture leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read, but their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow The Leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash PopCultureLeftovers and on Tumblr at PopCultureLeftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right, yeah, we're back. Good shit. DC news. Yeah, DC news. Uh, yeah, yeah. The bumper. We we doing that? 
Yeah, we're doing it. I can I can never tell. Here we go. DC DC News. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Uh, I don't know what I thought about this. I guess uh, this this first bit of news I just found out about it. But Edgar Wright will not—he's not ruling out doing doing a DC EU movie. I, I, I don't know what to take about this. I guess he was in an inter- interview and he said, uh, "I don't know. I'm really not too familiar with their heroes, so I wouldn't say which one I would do." I think this is just kind of like ridiculous to even—I don't know. I it, I wanted Plastic the man. Plastic man. Oh, that'd yeah. be so good. <laughs> it would have to be an obscure one, wouldn't it? It really would. <laughs> yeah, that's my vote. But this is yeah, you're you're completely on the button with this, Brian. This is this is just one of those questions that gets through the freaking net. Yeah, when he's doing the media press junket for his movie. Well, and, and because of like the whole Ant Man fallout, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Kind of a it's, way. I mean, it's, a, it's actually a great question. Like that journalist was actually. A good journalist throwing this question out there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, it is a, it, it is a good question. Not the best response, um, but you know. Yeah, he didn't completely poo-poo it. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things where it would be interesting to see him take on a DCEU character. Um, Plastic Man would be a fantastic choice. I'm not even. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm with no, you. I, I was not making a joke either. What about Booster Gold? Yeah. Uh, Booster Gold's a fantastic choice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and DC has a shit ton of the equivalent of Iron Man type characters, you know, C-level characters that they could easily take a good filmmaker and roll the dice with and do something a la, you know, James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. If they would just, like, stop fucking only caring about Batman and Superman for the most part, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, man. What or even he, the big A-listers. Hey, uh, Kirby, do you watch Legends of Tomorrow? Uh, I haven't watched season two. I did watch season one, though. What if, uh, you know, uh, Palmer, what about his character? Um, what's his fucking name? I can't even the think. The Atom. The Ray? The Atom. The Atom. What, what if they gave him the Atom? That would be awesome. Wouldn't that just be a bit of a middle finger, though? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. The character yeah, shrinks down like Ant-Man. It is kind of a shame. I guess Justice League has Cyborg, but it would have been nice to th- if they would have used Justice League as a platform to maybe elevate a couple characters that aren't in the public forefront. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, especially like a Martian Manhunter. Well, yeah, I mean, Martian Manhunter, we're getting that on Supergirl. Yeah, but I that know. doesn't count. I know. What were you going to say? And I'm, not make, and I'm not taking anything against Supergirl with that comment. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. What were you going to say, Matt? Oh, nothing. Sorry. Ah, That's fine. But yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, Edgar Wright doing a DCEU movie. That'd be, it'd be interesting. It would be a huge middle finger, middle finger to Marvel. And I think that it would be a huge payoff for DC if they got him to do the right character. If they, if they got the right fit for him, I think it would be absolutely fantastic. I mean, stranger things have happened. We got Josh Whedon doing the Batgirl, and we know Whedon and Wright are very good friends. Right. Description for the Aquaman trailer came out. This was on a, a Reddit sub-community for DCEU leaks, and uh, somebody on Reddit said it was around a minute and 30 seconds long. It opens- Can you back up a second? A description for what? 
the Aquaman teaser for San Diego Comic-Con that's coming out. Okay, sorry, you cut out for me there. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it opens with some mellow piano music showing Amnesty Bay with a voiceover from Momoa. The music then turns into cinematic Zimmer style, I would say. We get various shots of the characters, Mira, Merc, etc. The teaser ended with a really cool scene of Arthur standing on a rock-type thing and activates his trident and creates a massive wave. This is the most <laughs> generic, generic I've ever heard. fucking Sounds leak. Sounds like an Old Spice commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, the, 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 this starts off with the uh, the trailer's a minute and 30 seconds long, and they talk about how uh, you hear music, Momoa talking, some characters, and it ends with him on a rock, and he activates his trident in a wave. What the what fuck? What happens in the other 45 seconds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. I don't know. Oh, man. That's crazy. That's so made up bullshit. Stupid shit. Anyway, uh, Patty Jenkins. Maybe Momoa, maybe oh. Momoa talks very slowly. <laughs> for, 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 uh, for, for most of the trailer? Yeah, yeah. What, what else? Hey, what are they filling the rest of it up with? What are we looking at? Just water. <laughs> Still water. Various forms of marine life. Yep. And then they pull back for the big reveal, and it's a giant toilet. Oh, wait, that's the, that's the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> that was some good setup there, Jake. I was, I was like, where, where are you taking me? Oh, oh. <laughs> he took me to the place where I take a shit. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, take a fucking bow, sir. <laughs> oh, fucking Aquaman. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I really? Mean, you know, just like Venom, like if it's a good movie, it's a good movie and I'll eat crow. But I also see no way that this thing could be anything but drab boring crap. Yeah, James Wan, James Wan to make a good movie out of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got his work cut out for him. I like James Wan, but man, he's got he's got his work cut out for him. I mean, you know, you got Willem Dafoe, you got uh, Nicole Kidman, so you got a good group ar- around you. Um I'm hoping they uh they pull off Black Manta. And uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, James James Wan has a has a pretty extensive horror background, yes. so maybe he will make Black Manta scary. Well, you I know, mean, James Wan is is actually a really interesting pick because you know he's got the horror background. Yeah. He's directed a Fast and the Furious movie, right? Yeah, like he, he he's an interesting pick. He's definitely a a comparable director, but yeah. it's just like oh, the friend the vehicle itself is just so crappy looking thing. I mean, yeah they're filming this underwater and i mean the ocean can be a very scary place i i do want to see some cool like you know like here's aquaman and we get him and uh you know sharks flying out of the fucking water kind of like like injustice shit you know um yeah. and i know I, I know i'm by far the first person to make fun of it i'm like the eight millionth person to make fun of it yeah but when is it enough when we're gonna stop calling that thing a trident you know the, uh, the Aquaman thing? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have three points. Like, that thing... It has five. Yeah. So yeah. get out of here. But whatever we're calling that, can we not call it a trident? I, uh... Sea fork. What is it? Sea fork. A sea fork. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah. That that one that one missed, didn't it? Okay. <laughs> no, you you landed it, man. We're just. No, oh, it's, it's, I think it's because you you did it so straight. We took it as fact instead of a joke. Uh, sorry. Right. At least that's how I took it. I was like, oh, that's the official term for it. Thank you. Now, well, the first time he said it, I had to ask him to repeat it. And so, like, you know, I that think... That never helps comedy. Exactly. Right. Had I heard it the first time, I'm sure it would have just been, like, uproarious laughter on my end, Matt. But, you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I won't try again. It's yeah. Fine. Oh, man. Uh, are you going to try Dent again? Huh? Oh, 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 fuck me. Anyway. Swing um, the miss. <laughs> I feel like you now. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, was a little, that was a little better. It does feel bad. <laughs> hey, Jake, is it just, are you sure she doesn't want to start make, doing the dishes again? <laughs> Can we get Michelle back there doing the dishes? Kind of bail me out. Yeah, I'll see if she wants to cook up like a dessert or something. Oh after man. I want to see. I I do want. I do want to see a scene in the Justice League where uh, you know Ezra Miller gets a hold of that uh, sea fork and starts like cooking hot dogs on, <laughs> and starts cooking hot dogs on the end of that thing. It's like a campfire scene. I think that'd be funny. This, that whole sentence I was playing this mental game of is Brian getting ready to say something he he really wants to see in the movie, or is this set up for a joke? And then I just lost it the minute it became joke. <laughs> I didn't even matter what the joke was. I was like, because I really did think you were really good. You were like trying to get us back talking like normal. Like, you, you know what I'm really excited about for Justice League? It's like, no, we're talking about crazy shit still. Oh, man. You breaking down my jokes is, uh, it's funnier yeah. than the actual joke. <laughs> 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 you know, your your excitement, like you're so. You're I just I felt crazy laughing so yeah. hard, almost even before the joke had even like landed. Oh man, this is not even funny, but I'm just so anxious to see what this idiot has to say. No, I was just so anxious. I was just so convinced that it was, it was a serious thing you were oh, ready to say. Yeah, and then when it veered to not serious half sentence, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I I, I did a little uh, swerve there. So. Good job, good yeah, job. No. We're both on point this episode now. <laughs> we may have started out slow, but we're we're both really peaking in the last ten minutes here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish I could. I wish we could say the same for Matt with his little sea fork <laughs> business going on. Yeah, Matt's really dropped off. I think in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no, not like that. <laughs> oh, he, now he's going to step away and do dishes to try to pick pick things back up. <laughs> That was a joke, man. Totally. 100%. All right. Is Warner Brothers developing a Red Sun film based off the DC Elseworld story where Superman uh, as a baby lands in Russia? Um, Mark Millar talked with Den of Geek about the rumors saying, quote, is this something they're genuinely planning? I have no idea. I've got pals at Warner Brothers but never discussed it with them. I think they're just going through some of their back catalog of books and hoping to lure in good directors as opposed to any particular interest in developing Red Sun. There's always 50 conversations for every comic book movie that gets made. As far as I know, this is something that is very much just at the conversation stage. Jake, what – I mean – I mean, it's a great story. It really is a great Elseworlds story. It really is. It's – it, it, 
would you be excited if they went down this route and started I mean, doing Elseworlds? This is like, are we making it as an Elseworlds movie? Yes. Are we doing, or are we adapting this as canon? I think that this would be an Elseworlds movie if they were to do it. Now, no details have been released about that, but you know, we see Star Wars now doing uh, the anthology films, which are canon. What about like yeah. DC taking some of their Elseworlds stories and then also promoting them that way? Would that be something that you would be interested in seeing? I, I actually think I, I would be interested in seeing that. In a lot of ways, that mirrors what they're doing in the animation realm mm-hmm. because they have a lot of different universes there and they're also adapting different franchises and properties that are separate from like the DC animated universe that exists. Right. So it'd be no different than that, but just in the live action form. And I, I think you could do fun stuff with that. I mean, there's really no other way you can do Red Sun the movie, and Red Sun is a fucking fantastic comic. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, Matt, what do you think, man? Is this something you'd be interested in seeing? Yeah, definitely. I haven't read the, uh, I haven't read the book. I've got it, but I just haven't managed to pick it up yet. Um, but yeah, I think it could be interesting. There's also, it, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say, but it, it wouldn't be able to be part of the DCU. It'd have to be an Elseworlds story. Otherwise, it just wouldn't wouldn't work, I don't think. Right, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems so out there for them to do this as a film. But I, I would love to see it. Like, I'm th- that's, um, that's me thinking as a studio. Like, are we going to pull the trigger on an Elseworlds story? And how are we going to brand and market this and get the point across to people that this is not like – canon with the dceu that's going on at the same time you know yeah i tell you what if they did do this like let's say hypothetically they're like fuck it let's make red sun right red sun's a giant hit okay let's say that's what happens in the future red sun's a huge hit everyone loves super you know communist superman and the whole story and everything the next movie that's getting made is kingdom come yeah kingdom come Absolutely. If they're like, okay, if people can buy this Elseworlds movie, then right. why not do the next? I mean, that would be where my head would be. Yeah. If I was the studio. Yeah. And trying to make the most money possible. Do you think that they'd work with the story? I mean, do you think that they'd, I forget what it's called. It's called something like, uh, something bullets. Um, it's the one where Superman, instead of landing on the farm, lands in Gotham. And his oh crap! I what is that called? Bullets or something? I know it's got bullet in the title, I believe. But like he lands with uh, uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne, and then they raise him, and he becomes a- after they get killed, he becomes Superman becomes Batman, but he's a Batman that can fly around and has all the powers of you know of Superman. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a fucking crazy Elseworld story. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, you could do a, a lot of real fun stuff with like Batman. Like it would be a really artistic way to make a lot of different Batman movies without effing up stuff that was going on in the main DC universe proper, you know? Right, right. There's a lot of cool like Batman Elseworlds, like variant story type stuff. Yeah, I think this all just comes down to Mark Millar talking about maybe a conversation that happened once. And a news media outlet blowing out of proportion. But, you know, Jake, you were talking about Matthew Reeves possibly doing like a, a separate Superman movie. I mean, this would be the perfect project for that. Yeah, I agree. I would love to see this. I, and I think Superman's the perfect character. Not Matthew to, to Reeves. This project with. Not Matthew Reeves. Let me backtrack. Matthew Vaughn. I apologize. Yeah, Matt Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and even Matt Vaughn doing Red Sun sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean, Matt Vaughn has done work with Mark Millar before with Kick-Ass. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the other stuff is Mark Millar stuff, too. The big stuff he's doing now. Uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. Hey, yeah. uh, Jake, um, me and you weren't the biggest fan of the first Kingsman movie. What did you think, Matt? I loved it. You loved it. I, I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. As much as I really didn't like the first one, the trailer for the second one looks amazing. It yeah, does look a, good, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a good trailer. I'm hoping they put the first movie on a streaming or something and I can give it another chance here same. and see if maybe I was in a rotten mood that day. Right, same. And and Channing Tatum looks absolutely yeah. awesome in the film. <laughs> so, a statesman. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It looks I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go back to the theater and give this uh, another franch this franchise another go because that have that, you uh, have you read the comics, Brian? I have not. No, I read I read the first miniseries. Is that yeah. all there is? Uh, I don't know offhand. I've only got I've got one trade to read, but I don't know whether there are any more. Yeah, I've uh, read that whole first trade. Is it good? It is good. It's very good. Okay. So I yeah. liked it a lot. I'll get on to that. All right, next story here. Um, oh yeah, Patty Jenkins. She confirmed she'll be directing Wonder Woman two. Uh, this is less than a month that the movie came out. The movie came out in June second. Uh, the announcement was made on June twenty ninth. This is no surprise to anybody. So no, not at all, not at all. Yeah, what is there to report here other than it's official, huh? Don't worry, don't worry, Matt. I'm not going to throw you out to the wolves here. Okay, <laughs> don't worry, it's buddy. Right. I I stand by it. I know um, you do. Yeah. And that's it took guts, man. It takes fucking hey, can guts. You get, you. Can you give me a break for a second? Yeah. All right, yeah. So uh Matt Reeves, uh the director for the Batman, talked to new trailer Buzz about what he plans on for the film. Here's his quotes. I want to get your thoughts. Quote, I think there's a chance to do an almost noir driven detective version of Batman that is point of view driven in a very, very powerful way that is hopefully going to connect you to what's going inside of his head and inside of his heart, end quote. Wow, yeah, that's that's exciting. It seems like that's so crazy. It, it's to the point where it's like, it's weird that Affleck is going to be the Batman in this movie. It sounds so removed from what's going on in the DC Cinematic Universe. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is good. I'm not complaining about it. But it's different, you know. I mean, I've. What are you thinking, Matt? It's, uh, it sounds like the Batman we've wanted for a long time. Yeah, it really does. But whether we actually get it and Warner Brothers will leave well enough alone, I'm still the jury's still out for me. Yeah, yeah, I but just, uh, it's Matt yeah, Reeves, and he's got the creative control though here, right? Right. That's where yeah, we're led the, to believe. For the moment. For the moment. Mm, I believe it. I believe it's more than the moment with the production that happened before he actually signed on. Right. Because he, he walked away from discussions, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I, something happened. They they knelt down to him in some aspect or another. Yeah, they knelt before Zod. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. I really hope so. Because I, I want a fucking great Batman movie. I really do. And I think Ben Affleck could be a great Batman. I mean, he was... Without a shadow of a doubt, the best best part for me in BVS was. You got to imagine Ben Affleck wants to be a well received Batman in a Batman movie too. Oh god, yeah. So I mean, all signs point to Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck are really going to try as hard as they can here. I uh, I just I I I 
Batman and Batman, uh, you know, Batman v Superman, it wasn't Ben Affleck's performance that stood out for me. It was the, the decisions that they made as far as having this character, the way he moves, the way he fights. That was, those were all decisions of the director and, uh, the people that worked on the action and choreography for the film. And that's what I loved about that performance. It wasn't necessarily, uh, Ben Affleck himself. Like, I'm still looking at Michael Keaton as being like the best that we've seen so far that's been able to handle both roles. Now, Oh, no, no, I, I completely agree with you yeah. there. What I'm, what I'm saying is that he's, he, Ben, whether it was Ben Affleck, I'm just saying Ben Affleck was the best Batman I think we've had. I'd still put Keaton as the best Bruce Wayne. Right, 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 but, right. But, but, and that, you're right, it's down to the, the way he was directed, the way it was filmed, the way yeah. everything, that was the Batman we wanted. Right. Um, but it, it, it wasn't anything to do with Ben Affleck, but I'm just saying he was, because it was him who was playing that Batman, if you know what I mean. No, I, I, I totally get it. I love the, I, th- I thought he looked awesome. Um, you know, I, I do miss the sleeker, cooler looking Batmobiles, like these Halo. Yeah, I don't like the crawlers. <laughs> this, this Halo, War- yeah, the, the Halo Warthog that he's in now, I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of. Um, you know, I like, I, I like Batman to look cool when he's, you know, and you can yeah. say that this looks cool, but it looks military. I mean, it looks military. Mm. A Batmobile, I like that sleek, you know, Michael Keaton Batmobile. I, I think it's awesome. But anyway, that's, oh, good, that's yeah. another thing altogether. I think with this one though, this really gives Ben Affleck the chance to prove that he's a great Batman and a great Bruce Wayne if they're talking about this film being noir driven and him mm. being a detective. This um this has a chance to be a great film and a great Batman film. So Yeah, I agree. I mean, this this so far this looks like the best recipe before the movies come out, DC's come up with yet. Who's the who's the like, villain? I mean, if we're going to do noir driven detective version are we really looking at uh, them doing Deadshot? Yeah, that seems ridiculous at this point. I mean, if you're doing that, I'd like to see Callan the Man or, um, let's think, maybe a bit of Victor's ass. I said Deathshot. I, I, I meant Deathstroke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Deathstroke the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, I knew you meant that too, even though you said the wrong thing. That yeah. was weird. Um, yeah, I, I think they need to dump that. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, Joe Manganiello in the role. Yeah. It's super weird. Yeah. Who who would so, you want to see in this then? What what villain would you want to see? I don't know, a traditional Batman villain like a scarecrow. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to see a Joker so much right now. No, neither do I. No. What about like yeah. uh could they do, could they do uh I mean, a lot of people are saying, let's, let's go crazy. Let's do like a Solomon Grundy or let's, let's do a clay face. Let's do something like that. But yeah. when you, I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I can't but, see the clay face kind of takes away from it being a noir. Noir. Movie. Yeah. Noir driven detective. Exactly. I get that. Hmm. Maybe even just do a good Riddler. Yeah. Riddler would yeah, be good. Yeah. That's why I thought of Scarecrow right away because of the stuff with the fear toxins and everything. You could do a lot of really noir stuff with that. Hey, maybe it can be like uh, a detective version, but maybe Batman's just not a great detective. Like, he's like, where's all this clay coming from? 
Like a dragnet detective. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could, it, we could go dragnet with it. Or you could be like Leslie Nielsen in like the Naked Gun films. That could be interesting. Some Car 54 shit going on. <laughs> He's like Inspector Gadget and Robin can be like his penny. I could see, see the opening sequence now with the, the Batmobile going through drifting rooms and <laughs> The roller coaster. Yeah. The trench run on Star Wars. That that fucking boulder from Indiana Jones coming after him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Uh. <laughs> oh, you guys took all the good ones. Nothing's left. <laughs> Sorry. Not Oh, no. No, he, he watches Thelma and Louise drive off that cliff. <laughs> oh, the cliff. <laughs> he turns right before he goes off it, though. So, <laughs> uh, oh man, oh that was funny. Whew, yeah, so looking forward to that movie. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, nice. That's uh, that peaked finally. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's three thirty in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hitting the stride. Yeah. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's get, you got a good news story brewed up now that Matt's peaked? Uh, we got some more information, some new uh, Star Wars stuff that's come out. So it's time now for Star Wars news. Hey, guys, what's that Misa saying? You were supposed to be here with me listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. All right, news from THR is coming out about uh, the uh, unraveling soap opera that is the Han Solo film. A ton more info has come out. This is all according to THR. I want to read some interesting quotes here. Here it is. Anxious to avoid an outright rupture, Kennedy is said to have made attempts first to support and eventually supplant Lord and Miller to some degree, as happened with Gareth Edwards on the troubled Rogue One in that case, screenwriter Tony Gilroy took on significant duties with the cooperation of Edwards. In this case, sources say Kennedy attempted to cast Kasdan in that role. Unsurprisingly, Lord and Miller were less accommodating than Edwards, still a novice, had been. Lord and Miller declined to comment, as did Kennedy. Uh, as shooting got underway, insiders say it started to become clear that Kennedy stated uh, Kennedy's stated intention of hiring directors who would put their own spin on Star Wars movies had led to a mismatch. Some insiders say that while the talent of Lord and Miller is undeniable, nothing in their background prepared them for a movie of this size and scope. These sources say they relied too heavily on the improvisational style that served them so well in live-action comedy and animation but does not work on a set with hundreds of crew members waiting for direction. Quote, you have to make decisions much earlier than what we're, they're used to, one of the sources said. I don't know if it's because there were two of them, but they were not decisive. Production department heads began to complain while the pair appeared to listen when told of festering problems. 
this person says their approach did not change. But the source close to Lord and Miller acknowledges they have always worked in an improvisational style and not just to add comedic elements, quote, they collaborate closely with their actors and give them creative freedom that, in their experience, brings out the actor's best performances, this person says. Quote, Lawrence Kasdan would not allow this and demanded that every line was said word for word. To appease him and the studio, Lord Miller would do several takes exactly as written and then shoot additional takes. What do you guys think? I mean, wow. Yeah. What are you guys thinking about? I mean, I've got more quotes from this shit, but this is, this is. That sounds like a poisonous atmosphere to film a movie That's under. Horrible, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't even imagine trying to be creative. Yeah, it, it, under it, it, circumstances like that. Yeah, I mean, you've got these guys were under the impression that they got hired to. Same thing with Edgar Wright when he when he went in there for Ant Man. I mean, this is the guy who got it off the ground, had been working on it for a decade, and. Now, you know, Lord and Miller come in there. They think that this is their movie. And, of course, I'm sure they understand that they can't do anything, like, crazy with the character. You can't be like, you know, you can't – Yoda is Han's father. You can't do that. <laughs> but you've, you've got to – you've got to cert – you've got to fit certain guidelines from the Disney story group. But, like, they, they're not going to get a chance to make their movie at all. They're, they're well, word what's the for point word? of hiring these two guys to do their thing if you're right. not going to let these two guys do their thing? Exactly. Matt, what are you thinking about this mess? Uh, I, it's a shame, I think, because I think we were on on the target to get a really good film out of those two. And I think Lawrence Kasdan's just, just stuck his feet in the ground and said, I want my movie. This is my last one. I want it the way I want it. And it's all gone a bit wrong. And I'm I'm a bit scared for what we're going to get now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the here here we go. A little bit more of this article. Matters were coming to a head in May as the production moved from London to the Canary Islands. Lucasfilm replaced editor Chris Dickens with Oscar winner Pietro Scalia, a veteran of Ridley Scott films including uh, Alien Covenant and The Martian. And not entirely satisfied with the performance that the directors were eliciting from Rules Don't Apply star Alden Ehrenreich, Lucasfilm decided to bring in an acting coach. Now, stop the fucking presses here. You're not impressed with the director's direction of Alden Ehrenreich, so you bring in acting coaches to help Alden? Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. At this point, it's a real-life Hail Caesar on set. Mm, were these exactly. right yeah yeah like okay were these hold on this is this this way of thinking does not make any sense to me did they bring these acting coaches in there to talk him out of to, were they actually brought in there to help him with his performance or were they actually brought in there to kind of like tame him as far as like the direction they're getting from lord miller like a reprogramming yeah thing? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but it very well could be that way. Well, yeah, like, yeah, oh, these these directors are poisoning our precious Alden Ehrenreich. We've got to have somebody come in here and, like, you know, reel him back in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, and from what we've heard, that would make sense because we know one of their biggest complaints is how the character of Han Solo had been represented up to this point under Lord Miller. 
So to bring in reprogrammers for Aldenreich makes sense. He's not, I mean, it's, it's not like he's a bad actor, Jake. We've seen him and he seems like a competent, you know, charming guy. No, I agree. I agree. I had, I had all the faith in the world for the guy. I, I was never one of these people saying that he couldn't be Han Solo. Right. Yeah. So it's a, all this is unfortunate. The more I hear of this story, the more just like annoyed I get about the whole thing. You know, I want to be excited about the Star Wars Han Solo movie. Right. Not nervous as fuck. Now, yeah, it, right there with you, Jake. If you're the actor, though, and they bring in acting coaches, how are you going to feel about that? Pretty fucking I'm, shitty. I, yeah, for sure, for sure. You got to, and that's bad too. You got to imagine, like, from all the stuff we've heard, they kind of wanted to make maybe do a trilogy of Han Solo movies themselves. Why possibly, would he want to come know? back and play this character if he's going through this experience on the first film? Yeah, exactly. And you kind of can't recast Han Solo again. That would be kind of silly. You would just need to put that on the shelf for a while at that point, you would think, huh? Yeah. It, it seems like I'm worried about Kathleen Kennedy and just burning bridges with some really good directors. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, And definitely just like the more stuff comes out, it's going to make it harder for younger, talented directors to want to sign the dotted line and yeah. get involved with anything like this in the future. Edgar Wright's not making a fucking Star Wars movie, I can tell you that much. Yeah, exactly. So that's unfortunate, too. Uh, the article goes on to say, all of the films have been troubled, uh, says a top executive at a rival studio. J.J. Abrams was powerful enough to push back on an unrealistic start date for the first movie. But that was a tug of war. The last one was reshot by Tony Gilroy for months, and now this. This is a systematic prob, uh, this is a systemic problem. But an insider argues that Ryan Johnson shot Star Wars The Last Jedi, set for the release in December, seamlessly, proving that the right director can execute without major interference from Lucasfilm. The search for new and interesting filmmakers will continue. And for many, perhaps the siren call for Star Wars will be impossible to resist. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the same article, it actually, it talks about how most... That's a very interesting quote. I like that a lot. <coughs> it, it's a very well-spoken point that the freedom, it seems, that Ryan Johnson has been given to be a filmmaker will possibly sway other people to come, even despite the Han Solo debacle. Yeah, but see, the thing is with like the the Ryan Johnson film, the tone was already set in the J.J. Abrams movie, so you can kind of, you know, step away mm, a little bit. I guess, but in some ways, that almost it's almost more impressive that they stepped away, that they wouldn't be there making sure at all costs that tone was kept. Yeah, keeping a tighter hold on the reins, so to speak. Oh, yeah, so, we've we've seen that. We've seen it go both ways. Exactly. Exactly. We've seen so those, it's, yeah. I, I like that quote, though. It is interesting. It's very much like what's going on in the Marvel camp, where you've got James Gunn, who's given all the freedom in the world, but then, you know, other directors may be having some issues. Yeah, but maybe, hey, maybe you throw Kasdan on the, uh, you know, the set of uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and maybe, maybe Ryan Johnson loses his fucking mind. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I am not disagreeing that Kasdan being a, you know, stodgy writer is, is a big problem here. Ugh. So. So. 
The article talks about how most of the film is actually usable, <laughs> that uh, most of the film that, uh, um, you know, uh, Lord Miller shot is actually usable. So, um, and then uh, recently Christopher Miller tweeted, quote, situation normal. Hans line when he's dressed up like a stormtrooper and everything is actually yeah. going. <laughs> that made me laugh. I yeah. saw that tweet. Yeah. So I don't know. Those don't guys know. are pretty good on Twitter to follow. I've been following them for a while. Yeah. But, so, oh, this is all just such a mess. Yeah, man. I mean, they have to be given director's credit still at this point, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I actually, I went on to the, like the director's guild, um, page to see if like the rules have changed over the years. Um, they have to be given some sort of credit. I mean, Edgar Wright was given credit, some sort of credit in the Ant-Man film, if you remember. Yeah, it, especially <laughs> if this, you know, THR report is to be believed yeah. that all this film is usable, they're going to use a bunch of it. Yeah, the rule used to be at least if you shot over 51%, if you directed over 51% of the movie, you're still the director on the film. And I'm not yeah, sure and, if that's... And we know that's the case here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were three weeks away from wrapping filming, so... Yeah, but it was the same with Superman 1 and 2, wasn't it? Yeah. That, um, Donna had done over, so they had to do extensive reshoots so that, um, what's his name? I can't remember the, the second director. Yeah. Um, could claim that he directed the film. They did over, they did reshot over 51% of the film. Uh, so that's probably was, what they will do with Ron Howard. Yeah, which, which gets me a bit worried that you're going to get quite a disjointed film that's going to, going to jump from, from feeling to feeling, um, from style to style, but we'll that, see. That's a, yeah, hu- that's, that's a huge a very concern. Good point. Especially, why else would you bring in a brand new film editor? You know the uh, the Martian, you know Prometheus Covenant guy. If you're not going to do a bunch of brand new shit with him, mm. so yeah, yeah all we can point. do is hope for the best. It's a huge concern. Mm. It's a huge concern. I mean, if we're going to get what Matt's saying is like totally two different movies, very comedic. To this, this could be a huge mess. I. I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard edit. They're gonna have a a rough job on their hands. Right. Yeah. Um. Colin Trevorrow. Uh, he's directing episode nine. Uh, Book of Henry came out. That movie critically has bombed. Um, I've talked to a, you know, uh, yeah, I've talked to actually I talked to John Hawksby, you know, last night, and I guess him and Liz enjoyed the movie. Uh, I, I think Scott Schuette enjoyed the film for the most part. It seems like it's a, been wow. a, it's been a very critical mess as far as like the critical reception. And, um, I think it was at like a very low score and maybe in the teens. And so a lot of people are worried now, can Colin Trevorrow, um, handle Star Wars episode nine? And I'm here to tell everybody don't hit the panic button yet because you know, I, number one, I haven't seen the film. I plan on actually seeing it sometime tomorrow. There's a theater near me playing it. I plan on seeing it. Um, but this movie was actually shot over three years ago. Yeah, exactly. It was shot over three years and- ago. And I know this because Jacob Tremblay, the boy from Room, is younger in this film than he is in Room. So this movie was shot filmed over three years ago this is an older film so i don't know why it took so long for them to get everything kind of put together maybe that was part of the problem they frankenstein it together i don't know 
But yeah, um, and you know, I was curious as to why this movie was being so poorly received. So I went went on and like you know read the Rotten Tomato blurbs, and it seems kind of like it's just that maybe the story's a little tropey, which may or may not be the case. But that that, that doesn't really speak towards his competence as a director of a good Star Wars movie, right. you know? Yeah. Even something that's tropey can still be done very well and with, yeah. you know, plenty of style. True. And he's no stranger to big films either. I mean, Jurassic World was a huge movie, so. Yeah, and this seems like a very, a very much a little bit more of a simpler film than a Jurassic Park or a Star Wars movie. And so, I don't know. It's like a completely different style, and I wouldn't judge it against them either. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm going to watch the movie and judge it for myself. But uh, I love Safety Not Guaranteed. Um, I thought it was. I thought that movie was fantastic. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. If you want to see like a really good independent science fiction film that will leave you guessing the entire time, you know, is this yeah. real or is it not real? You'll you'll really enjoy this movie. It's uh, it's really good. Um, start, it's got Mark Duplass in it from uh, the League. Yeah, and if Trevolo's not working out, they'll get rid of him. <laughs> you know, yeah, they have no they have no problem doing that. <laughs> they'll put a Ron Howard bandage on again. Yeah. A Ron Howard bandage. <laughs> yeah, they got him like in the wing. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's on call. All right. <sighs> That's all I got, guys. All right, I'm gonna go eat some food. Yeah, there is a rumor that uh, Jabba the Hutt's gonna show up in uh, the Han Solo movie. That seems plausible. Yeah. I believe that that's a hundred percent going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Are we getting CG Jabba though? They said that they that this is 100%. what the, this is what uh, this is what the rumor is. It come the rumor comes from that hashtag show. They have not always been the most reliable source when it comes to news. Their Civil War rumors were completely wrong. So I don't know if they have a better Star Wars source, but. They say that Jabba the Hutt will appear in the new Han Solo film and will be a mix of practical and CG effects. So basically like what we saw with um, Uncar Plutt. We've got, you know, the guy in the suit, but then the face is the CG. Cool. Okay. So that's the... That's interesting. It's the rumor. I don't know if I can take these guys for their, you know, I mean, that'd be the best scenario, though. Hmm. I don't want to see like fucking uh, what we the Mickey Mouse job of the hut that we got in you know it was ridiculous the oh yeah in a new hope <laughs> where they oh, horrible yeah so, you're definitely gonna see something yeah there will be a job all right Matt thank you for joining us I know it's late there thank you, thank you very much for having me guys absolutely absolutely it was great having you but uh, yeah. This was fun. We started out rough. It got better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. all right. It was all right. It was good. It was decent. Yeah. I didn't say I wasn't. I just said it got better than it was at the beginning. I didn't. I wasn't making claims that it was decent. Oh, all right. Are we doing this now? Me and you? We going at it now? We try. <laughs> no, I'm dying. I'm not dying on this hill either. I, you're right. This was garbage. No, no, I had fun talking to Matt, and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. <laughs> well, Jake, you had a lot going on there. You had like you had a lot of patrons that were waiting for their food, so you guys had to you guys had to keep those plates flying off the shelves and feeding those hungry 
customers over there. Yeah, it was very, it was very busy. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, give me some food. You gotta. We gotta. Is it uh, Spider Man next week? Is it Spider Man next week? Yeah, it's Spider Man next week. We in our Spider Man oh. Homecoming episode. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody have a happy and safe Fourth of July. Um, I'll be. Uh, I'll be. I'll be out there with you, Jake. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about all that next episode. This is huge because, like, I honestly, I usually don't like going out for, like, the holidays and stuff like that because, you know, people crazy driving. So, got to worry yeah. about uh, crazy drivers out there. Hopefully nothing happens. Well, fireworks going off right now here. If it gets too crazy, we got a couch for you. Yeah, hopefully nothing happens. I think that goes without saying, Jake. You know? It's like one of those... Jeez. Holy shit. I know. I, that's not me. I didn't like my stuff earlier. No, I'm glad that wasn't happening earlier. I'm, I'm glad it was just dishes and shit being clanged around the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good thing we're rapping early tonight. Yeah. All right. All right. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Later, y'all. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hey, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.